Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, what a day of college football that was. And is there something, I mean, it's like these local teams, they have to fall behind. Then maybe you rally, maybe you don't. Can anyone jump out and grab a lead here? Apparently not. I mean, Utah State, this is six straight games. They're just going to play from behind. Down by 10 in the first quarter at UNLV. That's six straight games. They've been down by double digits. And amazingly, they've come back to win four. BYU, they got down against Baylor. That was amazing the way Baylor ran the ball. 300 yards rushing, 180 whatever for a running back who was a linebacker last year. Maybe that's why they were 2-7 and seven last year. Get a new offensive coordinator, get a new running back. BYU could not stop them. Just could. I mean, 300 is just an enormous number to give up. Enormous. Uh, the only thing BYU really had going for it was uh, Puka Nakua, go deep. That was, that was the best thing they had going. So they do not bounce back. And then you got the Utes who, man, down 21-7 at halftime. They've turned it over twice. The defense is struggling. The offense is struggling even more than that. And I don't know what happened at halftime, but wow. That was nearly a perfect second half. ASU maneuvered their way into field goal range and then missed the field goal. That was, I mean, it was just, Utes had the ball four times and got four touchdowns. Basically drove 75 yards every time. I mean, not exactly, but basically. And ASU's offense, punt, miss field goal, punt, uh, staggering around, taking sacks as the game ends. It was, there, there is nothing negative to say about that second half. It was spectacular. And so the Utes come from 14 down and win and, I'll make the Aggies jealous with that comeback. And now they're the last unbeaten team in the Pac-12. Now, are they there to stay? Are they on top for a while? Are they just the flavor of a week? And, you know, basically the big dog is going to change every week in both divisions because that's just how even the Pac-12 is. We can debate that later this morning. Right now, we're going to listen in to Blake Anderson, the Aggie head coach, as his guy's down 17-7. Rally to win, scoring late, late in the fourth quarter, right at the end, to win 28-24. UNLV stays winless, 0-6. Aggies improved to 4-2. Here's Blake Anderson as the Aggies squeak one out on the road. Coach, you mentioned it this morning that this might be the game where Savon gets it, and uh, when you see him fill that thing at the one and you see the blocking start to set up, I mean, you almost beat him down the field. You showed that 4-5 uh, speed, too, down the sideline. <laughs> Well, I told him. I told him uh, before we got here. I said, "Dude, you're, you're taking one to the house," and I said, "I'm going to beat you to the end zone." Um, <laughs> but I decided I didn't want to get a 15-yard penalty, so I stopped. But uh, you know, we we felt good about it coming in. You know, they they they've obviously not been able to kick touchbacks. I was a little surprised that they tested us to see if we could, you know, set something up for him because everybody knows how good he is. Um, they they clearly obviously got away from it later in the game and started sky kicking the ball, but. When, when they kicked it, I was like, here we go. A good scheme. We'd be kind of preparing for it for a few weeks, uh, knowing that we'd get an opportunity when we played them uh, just with their kicking situation. And got to give everybody credit because there's a big pile in the middle field and no, no, no yellow flags. I mean, that's where, I was holding my breath looking for a yellow flag, to be truthful. Hey, Coach, it, uh, you get the, the go-ahead score, and I, I want to come back and, and talk a little bit about your, you know, again, the kids just kept, kept at it. But, I looked at Scotty after Leleon goes in, and I, I said, how's your heart? And Scotty said, well, this is what cardiac arrest feels like. <laughs> How, how's your heart doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm spent. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> they're killing me. 
I love them. I love them to death. But man, we don't do anything easy at all. We 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 did so many things wrong tonight. But and it's it's crazy in the locker room. There wasn't any dancing. There wasn't any music going on. There was. I mean, they they knew it. They were relieved that we won. Excited that we won. But it was it was it was super quiet in the locker room. And I'm like, I brought them up and I said, I. Number one, you need to be excited we won. It's hard to win on the road against anybody. I don't care what their record is. That's that's still a good football team. Yeah. They are going to get their wins at some point. They're big. They, they run the ball well. They're really well built up front on the D-line. I mean, it's coming for them. It just hadn't happened yet. But, uh, but you could tell that our guys – you know, they're frustrated. They know we didn't play great. And uh, so it was mixed emotions in the locker room. And I love that about our team, that they they realize, man, we can play better. And coach, we're stressing you out. But uh, they keep working. So, I mean, that's that's what you want the locker room to be like. I, I don't want to go in there and at all giddy and bouncing around like, like we just went out and played a great game because we didn't. Uh, I, I, I want them excited that we found a way but also very honest with our assessments of how we played, and, and that's what you feel out of these guys right now, and that gives us a chance to get better. You give up 17 points really early on in this game and then hold to a seven the rest of the way and, and got two three and outs to give your offense two opportunities, unable to get points on that second-to-last drive, but you get the touchdown on the, on the, on the final drive. And we talked a little bit at halftime. It kind of felt like the defense was starting to figure things out after getting gashed there in the first quarter. Yeah, we, we were out of gap on the big run play and just flat didn't do what we're supposed to do. And, and we fixed it and started doing a better job of that as the game went on. We did not tackle well in the first half especially. I thought we were a little sluggish, you know, a little heavy-legged coming out of the open week. Um, I mean, that's always a concern that, that you know, it's going to take you a little while to kind of get your legs back underneath you after two weeks, and, and, and we did a little bit. But man, I'm so so proud of how they how they played in the second half and and the turnovers that we created and the pressure we created on the quarterback and even some big tackles in open field when we had to have them. So yeah, super proud of how they they kept us in it until the offense was able to get something going. You know, you, you talked about it, coach. Uh, you know, you, you you miss it on two fourth down conversions, including the one right at the goal line with the, the fumbled snap. You put the ball on the turf five times. You you had penalties that knocked you out of field goal range. You missed three field goals but you still found a way. I mean, there, that's got to be gratifying to, to, to be able to just stick with it enough to say whatever it takes. It's gratifying to know we got to win. Nothing else that you just rattled off is gratifying at all. <laughs> I, it's just gut-wrenching that we played, and we can't kick a field goal. You know, we can't make it on fourth and a half a yard. Um, you know, we, we fumbled a snap. It just, you name it, it, it was, there was a lot. that, But, um the thing that, that makes you proud is, and, and I know you can't see it on TV and you definitely can't see it on radio, um, is our guys' attitude on the sideline. There's there's never guys pointing fingers and griping and, you know, blaming anybody. They just keep pulling. They just keep believing and keep pulling. And we're sitting here now with, you know, four wins where at any point it looks like, you know, it could be over and the guys just keep, keep playing. So I, I'm – Super, super proud of that, and and that's something that's something that's getting us through. Maybe one day along the way we'll start playing good ball to go with it. You know, you can win wire to wire. I mean, that that is an option for you guys. <laughs> yeah, apparently it is not. I mean, it's the first time we've had the lead in the first half. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, today, right? Yeah, I believe it so. didn't last long either. I mean, it was it was short lived. But if I'm not mistaken, that's the first time we've had the lead in the first half. We just cannot get out of our own way at times, and we're going to keep battling and keep getting better. 
short week with a good football team coming in this week. So uh, hopefully, hopefully this Friday we'll play a complete game. You know, hopefully this Friday we'll put it all together. And all four wins, you've had double-digit deficits, and you've been able to overcome it. It's amazing. I do have a question for you on uh, your philosophy. Uh, you were in second and long a lot. And we talked earlier this morning about uh, doing a little bit better on first down. Obviously, that didn't transpire as much tonight again. Your philosophy on second and long, uh, where you run the ball quite often, is that because you've got them spread out and you've got fewer players in the box, and so that that's the smart call there? Or what's the philosophy there? Yeah, just don't panic. I mean, they're dropping eight, playing with four and five guys in a box, and you know, and we, we end up popping some big runs in those situations. Now, obviously, when you hand it off and it doesn't go anywhere and everybody boos and, like, why didn't you throw it? But I mean, you, you got to be smart, too. you got to be patient. And, and it wasn't pretty most of the night, but we got a couple of huge runs when we absolutely had. And you look right there to be able to run the ball in from the 12 or whatever yard line is, I mean, that's not a given by any means. And uh, to be able to get the big run on a third down. So you, you can't just abandon it. It, it is – much harder to run the ball than we'd like it to be right now. We're a little beat up up front, and and I think, you know, that's that is obviously creating some issues for us too. And they're really well built up front. Yeah. We knew that their strength was their D line. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna look at it and see where we can make some adjustments. But but a lot of it's just got to do with how they're playing us, and we have to get better at executing in those situations. Well, I don't know if this came from Doug Hoffman or Ajay, who's uh, just standing there next to you. But Ajay just sent this out. In 2013, under your buddy Matt Wells, Utah State lost to BYU and Boise State in back-to-back home games. They would then run the table and make it to the Mountain West Conference Championship, would not lose another game, including winning at UNLV (laughs) 28-24. How about that? Well, so, did it, I'd take, I'd take there's, that there's one. <laughs> I'd take that one if we get it done. At, at the rate we're going, if I can survive it, I mean, if my heart doesn't give out between now and then, I don't know. So, you know, we're not even – we're just talking about the next one. And, yeah, I, and I, I would love for that to be the result. But we're just talking about the next one, and it'll be all we want come Friday night. So hopefully, if the fans are listening, pack it out and let's get crazy. Let's make it hard for them to hear. And uh, our guys, I promise you'll play hard for 60. You know, Coach, I, I looked at Scotty at the very end, and uh, there was an old phrase by somebody that uh, was dear to this franchise, uh, the professional franchise here in Las Vegas, that said, just win, baby. That, <laughs> that was Al Davis Yeah. said that. And, uh, yeah. So we kind of talked about that at the end, and, uh, you know, you kind of feel that way here tonight. Just great job sticking with it and getting the W tonight. Congrats, yeah, Coach. Kids, kids deserve oh, it, man. The kids deserve it. They, just, they don't quit, man. They just keep playing and keep fighting. So, uh Super proud of the guys. Appreciate it, guys. There's Utah State football coach Blake Anderson. When we come back, we're going to hear from the Cougars. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's a Friday night showdown in Logan as Blake Anderson and the Aggies welcome in the Colorado State Rams for a big Mountain West Conference battle. Listen all week long for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Friday at 6.30. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. BYU falls at Baylor. Massive turnout from BYU fans, but a massive turnout by the Baylor football team, and they win by a couple of touchdowns. The one thing they couldn't do was stop Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua. Hall with a long touchdown run on fourth and one, three long passes to Puka Nakua, and here is Jaron Hall after the game. Too much of a roller coaster ride for us today. You know, a lot of, a lot of ups and... Unfortunately, a lot of downs. Um, we had a lot of great, great plays, big plays throughout the game from beginning to end. But too many times we just follow up with you know, another bad play to kill ourselves, shoot ourselves in the foot. So we got to be more consistent. You know, we just got to stick to the basics of executing our plays and you know, minimizing mistakes. Yeah, it was fun. I mean. Part of the game when there's opportunities to run, you know, I take it, and when there's not, we got to throw the ball. It's you know, it's my job to get the guys the ball. But uh, yeah, it's nice to be healthy and just to play ball again. Yeah, uh, watch the film tonight. You know, break it down with amongst ourselves over the weekend, and then Monday we watch it as a team. We can talk through some things, and then immediately look forward to you know Washington State next week. Yeah. Yeah, it was no surprise. We planned for it all week. You know, we're a physical team as well, and we always pride ourselves on that. So we'll have to watch the film and see, you know, you know what, what, how, how that played into the game today. Um, you know, I'm proud of, proud of the offense, proud of my guys and the defense. Um, so, you know, we just got to learn from it and just play better, plain and simple. <clears throat> yeah, for the guy, for the younger guys on the team, they're able to experience this today. It'll be here when we enter the Big 12. They're able to see the environment and how great of a scene it is to play football, the beauty of it, you know, how, how great and, and generous the fans of Baylor were and, and uh, just how good a football there is out here in the Big 12. Baylor's a great team. We knew they were. Uh, we knew it would be a dogfight. Um, and so, you know, props to them. And, yeah, it's just, it's just good to see the type of football there is in the Big 12 and what there is to look forward to, and there's a lot. Yeah, sure. It's just a, just a quick protection, and you know, just didn't get the ball out, or the dude slipped. I haven't seen the play yet, so yeah, just that's, that's football. You know, you get sacked and you, you fumble every now and then. So, but that definitely played a role. We were in, in the game and the momentum of it. We were cruising down, hoping to score at least, get a field goal. Um, you turn the ball over any time, and then you know the result is you know momentum shift. I didn't, but I can imagine what it would have looked like. I hope he didn't sprain his ankle this time. Hopefully, he's good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, anybody we had out there, we were ready to throw the ball to. Um, all, all, all week in film, we saw opportunities to throw the ball down the field. We knew the safeties would be aggressive, um, and we knew they'd come down to stop the run. Um, so we knew that we'd have a lot of chances to throw matchups outside, and Puka happened to be there every time. But, you know, whoever was out there, whether it was Gunner or Neil, um, you know, they were making plays, and the ball was thrown to them. No, no, I, I think that's a cop out. If you think if you think that way, you know, we just had to execute plain and simple. Whether they're on to us or not, you know, regardless, we still had opportunities to make plays. But I mean, during the week prepping, you know, we had to change some things for sure for that. But you know, not during the game. What 
No, no. We've seen it all week. Um, you know, number eight, their, their, uh, their nickel was a, a freaking great player. I mean, one of the best off, uh, defensive players we've played all year and timed up a lot of snaps. And other times he'd start from death. We knew what happened. Um, we knew what happened. So whether he was the one that got there a couple of times or was, you know, somewhere else, I'm not sure. But uh, no, we, we knew it would be happening. There's BYU quarterback Jaron Hall. Now here's the star wide receiver, Puka Nakua. Not really. We knew that they were going to put some guys in the box and kind of leave us in some one-on-one matchups. But when we got when I, I hit that kind of that fourth or fifth step right off the line, I was able to see that they were, they were giving us the looks that we wanted to go deep. Yeah, um, just trying to do as much as I can when the ball came my way. I tried to make the plays that they were there, but. Uh, I was proud of the guys. I love those guys in that locker room. Uh, I love our our entire coaching staff. Coach Line is the best, but we just got to go out there and execute a little bit better. We're, we're, we're getting the job done. We're not really hurting ourselves too much, but we're also not making the big plays at the same time. So got room for improvement, but we'll be ready to go. Um, a little bit. I mean, we we get the we get those reps in practice. So well, I've seen that ball come out of Jaren's hands a lot of times. So I knew he was going to put it out there and leave it up to me, and I was able to go out there and get it. But I know the wind out here did have a little impact, but we stay we're still able to connect and ha- have a good day so far. It was fun. The the environment was amazing out here. Uh, it was actually super cool to to come out of the locker room at the beginning of the game and have some BYU chants going. You could hear it all the way across the the stadium. So, being a BYU player is uh, is definitely a blessing to be able to have our our fans travel out. But it was a good football team. We expected nothing else. I mean, we knew exactly what we were uh, coming into, but just weren't able to do the things that we wanted to. But that was a good football team. We just played out there. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's 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 a blessing of being a part of this program and the loyal fans. I, I was out there able to go talk to some fans after the game, and we had fans from uh, from Idaho and fans from Virginia and stuff like that. So are definitely blessed to have those people come out and support us. Uh, we're definitely lucky to have that. Um, I don't think it's anything that needs to be said. I think we got a good a good group of mature guys in there, but we just got to come out and execute. I think a little bit more energy in the beginning. We've had two day games, which are our two back-to-back losses. Uh, a slight maybe schedule change for us, but I just don't think we came out with the energy and juice that we needed to. As much as our fans help, uh, we need juice on the sidelines, and just everybody's got to be ready to go from the first kickoff to the last whistle that's blown in the game. We just got to be ready to go. Uh, to go out there and punch somebody in the face and then take the punches that somebody else is going to give us and keep rolling and make sure we execute our job. Hmm. Yeah, I just think um, in the run game, I, I just briefly like kind of re-examining the game just uh, knowing that there are blocking assignments that I didn't get to uh, just being assignment sound on every play out there we're, we're making the big plays and but there's the little plays of the first, the second down zone read or that we're running the going down make sure we get the safety out of the box uh, they had a good secondary and they had a good defense out there but making sure that when we get the looks that we want we got to be able to execute and do what we need to
There is Puka Nakua. Now here is Kalani Sataki, who knows the run defense just has to be a lot better. Here's Kalani. Tough loss. Um, congratulations to Baylor for the win and, and uh, for the way they played the game. I, I'm honestly just really impressed with how they handled themselves and uh, really nice to see uh, the team um, show sportsmanship and class on the field. It was really good for us to see that as well. And we think we, uh, for us, we, we like to do that and we like to play the game with sportsmanship and class. And I thought they, they were um, exactly, they, they, they had that in mind as well. So appreciate them. Uh, congratulations to them and their fan base. And uh, we, uh, we're going to have to get some things fixed. Obviously, um, not, not our best game, but uh, the guys' effort, they believe, and they kept playing hard. And just w- way too many mistakes. And to be honest with you, we, just, <clears throat> we were just uh, – um, we were out physical today. And so that, that was a difficult uh, game to accept. If you look at the rush yards and the inability for us to run the ball, uh, that, that's, uh, that's, that's, not, our, uh, that's not, not our style. So uh, credit for them making plays. And uh, it's a really good team, really good team that we faced. And uh, – you know they they deserve to win. So we got some things to fix and some things to. It's a really gut, a good gut check for us as we get ready for next week. Um, but uh, I really believe in these young men and believe in our coaches and believe in what we have going on. We just we just need to find ways to be more efficient and uh, <clears throat> and make sure that we're clicking. Uh, you know, and in, in, in the terms of execution. So. Uh, yeah, I just I like to get back to the film as soon as possible and, and learn and get better from this and uh, high level frustration. But I, I really believe uh, a lot of our issues are fixable. So, uh, questions? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've we like to hang our hat on the fact that we're being physical. You know, I, we knew that grimy and. Tails are going to have their own line be physical. I think it um, showed a little bit of our inexperience, maybe, and, and a little bit of youth up front. Um, but uh, with that being said, it, it, it was little things like not tackling well enough. Uh, we dripped off of some tackles. Uh, they played a clean game. I mean, looking at it, we had two penalties. They had zero. So, uh, you know, we, got, we have to find ways to, to play better and put them in in worse positions where they at least get a penalty or something. But we didn't do enough to stress them. Um, we just didn't do our part. I, I, uh, and I, I think it goes back to the fundamentals of the game. And so uh, we have to be a, a lot more uh, efficient on, on the defensive side, and that means get off the field, stop the run, and get the ball back to our offense so we can score points. But I, I thought the guys' effort is always there. The guys play hard. They just we weren't playing smartest, and that's – my job as head coach, I have to have the. I need to have these guys ready to play, and um, and I need to have them f- uh, more efficient as in in all three phases. So, we're going to really work on that. Yeah, I mean, we, we loaded the box and, and, and times your one-on-one coverage. And so, um, you know, they did that to us and we were able to hit Puka downfield quite a bit and Gunner towards the end, you know. So um, you just need the corners to play better. I, I don't think um, the corners challenged. I thought they made too many points, uh, too many yards 
on simple throws like slants and hitches. And so the deep balls that that happens, you know, and and we knew we we're gonna put him on the island. We need we need we need uh, better fundamentals and and uh, better. I mean, it goes from all all positions need to improve. But in order to stop the run, you, you need to load the box. We did that, and they they uh, exposed some of our one on one stuff and. Um, you know, we were we were points where we were just trying to figure out how to get co get coverage and also stop the at the line of scrimmage. And they were committed to to running the ball, and uh, the quarterback made some good decisions in their RPO scheme and uh, kept us on our heels. And so we go back to the drawing board and figure out ways to to get our players in position to have more success. And but a, a lot of that goes credit to Baylor. They did some really good things. I, I've been around Grimey and and I know how how he works as an offensive coordinator. And, and they they made some some good adjustments. Thought the quarterback made some really good decisions. You know, uh, we got a pick early on them, but felt like they just we just gave up too many big plays. Um, and it wasn't just the throwing game. I mean, too many big play, too too many big runs. It's uncharacteristic of our defense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, we 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 actually pride ourselves on on looking out for those type of things. You know, we practice it. Every week, we, we, we come up with things like that to come uh, to practice and uh, err in judgment on our players and um, err in judgment on our coaches. You know, the, the reminders, and, and that's just um, you say it didn't hurt us, but it took the possession away from our offense, you know, and, and um, that's something that, that uh, yeah, I need to do a better job at when it comes down to it. So uh, they, they were trying to make the play and uh, the the biggest frustration is that they took away our possession there. Yeah, he, I'm. We we really like our 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 uh, weapons, you know, within our skill position with all our receivers and our in our um, tight ends, and we just I don't know if we gave our offense enough plays. Um, you know, but just just uh, looking at it, we got sacked too many times, and and um, just it seems like I mean, you give them credit because they made the play on us, but we we put ourselves in, we make a, a good play, and then we put ourselves in a bad spot, and then either kick a long field goal or be in a position where we have to punt now, when we made big plays. So that's you just got to learn, get better. I mean, I I'm a positive guy, and, and ask the guys to to take every opportunity to, to let the hurt sting in the locker room, but we've got to move on and get better. And so there's a, there's a high sense of urgency from myself and the coaches and the players. And so we want to get back to it and get – just can't wait for next week and get and get, get working on this. And then this is obviously – we don't like to lose games, especially back-to-back, -back, but uh, there's going to be – there's definitely a high sense of urgency for, for me to get this thing back on track. Well, I mean, there's some guys that got banged up, and and you know, going into the game, uh, it, it sucks when you don't have all your guys at 100. percent But that's the game of football. I, I don't know if any coach is sitting up there saying, "Oh yeah, we've got everybody going 100." percent Baylor has the same issue. They have guys that are banged up too, and so, um, you know, it, it, it's the tough part of the game. And and uh, this was a really good lesson for us to come out here and play against a physical Baylor team. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, we learn from it. I, I've been in this position before where we, we, we've been uh, felt like we got um, physically handled. And um, 
now we, we got to see what our response is going to be. That's that's the key. I mean, I'm really anxious to get back to work. <clears throat> I mean, I, I I was really impressed with the Baylor crowd too, and with our our fans that showed up. I mean, it's nice to have the support that we have in Cougar Nation. And how awesome they were to us, even um, after the defeat. You know, um, I hope they know how much we appreciate them, how much we love them, and um, really apologize for not not uh, performing better. And I'm um, looking forward to learning, getting better from this. Uh, I, I, like I said, I thought Baylor um, really cool. Uh, you know, I know we're going into the Big 12. Um, really cool environment. Um, great fans. Uh, I thought it was a really cool setting. Um, and just really excited about our partnership with with Baylor and the other universities in the big in the Big 12. Looking forward to that. Obviously, that's further down the the line in a couple of years. But uh, it was really really cool a cool experience for us to be here all together. And, and um, looking forward to that that relationship. All right, there's Kalani Sataki after BYU loses to Baylor. When we come back, Kyle Whittingham and the Utes after their victory up on the hill with a great second half against Arizona State. Stay with us. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's another Pac-12 road trip for Utah as Kyle Whittingham and the Utes head to the Pacific Northwest to battle Oregon State in Corvallis. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 4.30 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, a mess of a first half, down 21-7, to and then a perfect second half. Arizona State had the ball four times, never scored. Utah State had the – or Utah State. The Utes had the ball four times, and they scored every time. And the Utes, down 21-7, flipped that game on its ear and beat Arizona State 35-21. The Utes are 3-0, third of the way through the conference season, all alone in first place in the Pac-12 South. Headed for Oregon State this week, and then a big game with UCLA in two weeks. All right, we'll start with the Ute players. Cam Rising, boy, two interceptions in the first half, two touchdown passes in the second half, very mediocre in the first half, and then only two incompletions in the second half. Completely different game. Here's Cam and his Ute teammates. Cam, uh, you guys scored on four straight drives in the second half. What really clicked after halftime where you were able to finish drives and, and just make the rally? We just came together in the locker room, pretty much just talked about we, we know what we need to do. It's, it's not it's not it's not a something that we're we're running from. We got we got to attack this thing, and we just talked about it. And the defense did a great job and put us in positions to con- continue. Uh, being in, in places to score. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about the defense, they uh, held Arizona State in the second half to 97 total yards, yeah. average of 3.3 yards per play. How, how much confidence did you guys gain just seeing the defense get stop after stop as the half progressed? Um, I, I have all the confidence in the world in, the, in, the, in those defensive players. These two right here, especially there, they are some some bad men out there. I, I don't like going against them in practice, and I'm, and I'm glad I was going against the Sun Devils rather than these guys tonight for sure. You guys swarmed in that last 
that last possession? I mean, was that just kind of like letting everything out and just trying to really get after Daniels, or what was what was that experience like? Yeah, just priding ourselves on finishing some uh, that's a staple of this program, and um, like Cam said, we just banded together um, that entire second half really, and um, just leaned on finishing plays, finishing drives, and um, you know I think we I can think it's safe to say we did that. And that decision to go for it on fourth and two, I think you guys were in like the 35 or the 37. Yeah. What, what were you seeing there, and, and just what about that decision? I loved it. I think we were in a situation where the defense was playing so good that if we weren't to get it, but we did, but... Yeah, I mean, we're focused on getting those first downs, and, and I think I think it was a great call by Coach Ludd. He made an easy one for me. Yeah, I'm that first time. For you, and in terms of two interceptions and everything, how, how do you stay it's easy. I mean, I just lean on my on my teammates, and they they get me right back to where I, where I need to be, and make sure that I'm in a position to to make sure that this offense is going in the direction that we need to be going. Yeah, what, what about Fred and Covey flexing? I mean, have you ever seen something like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I didn't really see much of it, but yeah, he he, he did that for sure. <laughs> natural evolution to every season. What would you say has changed the most for this team between week one and you guys were in control for now? I think we just need to know how to take adversity and really know how to do it together and not, not just focus on pointing fingers at what we're doing wrong or trying to figure out this, this, and that, but just staying together in those situations. Grant, you come up with that, that big catch to be able to you know, get the touchdown and everything, really start that. What, what was this experience like to be able to just keep that momentum going? Man, it was awesome. Uh, first half, we just started off slow, but the defense held it down, and the offense just got that spark we needed. And 28 unhandled points, I think. That was it. <sighs> That's a good game. Great performance by the team. Yes, sir. For, for you guys, you know, having the offense score you know, like that, how, how energizing is that for you guys on the defense side of the ball? Extremely. Um, you know, we just want to keep the juice and the momentum in our favor. And, you know, seeing those guys go down there and, I mean, do what they do, I mean, it just gets us pumped up. Like, you know, I have this little superstition. Like, every time I stand up and I'm watching them, they always get it. Like, I, I think I was standing up, like, the whole second half. And, I mean, you know, I, it just gets me pumped up. You know, I'm trying to get everybody on the sideline pumped up. Pumped up um, and I, it's infectious. Um, you know, the positivity is infectious. It spreads throughout the whole team, whether they're playing or not. Davion, you've had some ups and downs this season. How's it felt to get back? I'm so sorry. Wow, I'm looking at number nine, not thinking straight up. Man, they calling me. Different question then. How does it feel to be on a defense that can pull it together as much as it did after giving up 21 points in the first half and held it down for the offense so they could get that they come back? It just feels great. I lean on my brothers. They make plays, and then what plays they can't make, I'll try to backdoor and help them out with it. Like, as a safety, I don't try to let nothing get past me, to be honest. And just having them there with me, it just boosts my confidence more. David, how, how difficult is it to, uh, to prep for a guy like Jaden Daniels? And then once you're out there, you know, what is it like trying to operate and deal with him? Yeah, he's a very elite quarterback. I mean, I think he's best, if not one of the best in the pack. And, um, you know, obviously you just have to keep your rush lane integrity and play assignment sound football, really. Um, it really comes down to playing assignment football and, you know, getting after him, making him uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, but more than anything, everybody just doing their job. Guys, what was the week like just you know traveling to Dallas on Monday, 
coming home, having to kind of deal with a, a shorter week of preparation? Just what are the emotions now that this week is over? Any... The um, week was scheduled a little bit differently, so I don't think we missed out on much time as far as um, game prep. Um, you know, I think emotionally it was something, um, you know, it was, it was very consoling. Um, you know, it just allowed us to, you know, uh, send him on in peace. And so um, I think, you know, the team morale was um, as high as it could be. And, you know, I think uh, preparation, you know, we prepared very well. well so you're obviously banked up. So are a lot of other guys. I mean, what's it like, though, to be able to have these to kind of fall back on knowing that like, you're still playing for something? It's just, um, you know, it's a blessing. This is the same day I go through every day trying to uh, thank God for being alive, really, and just getting this opportunity to play the sport I love. Yeah, you, you guys lead the, the South Division right now, I and mean, what's that say to you guys, knowing what, what happened at the beginning of the season? Got everything we want right there in front of us, and we just got to go take it. Monte, how, how awkward or difficult is it to play with the cast on your hands? I had a little trouble at, at the beginning wrapping up, but... After, I was like, man, forget it. Because it <laughs> it's just a mental problem, really. So when I was like, uh, I was like trying to keep it off. But then that wasn't working. So I was like, man, stop being a punk. <laughs> when was the cast put on? Cast was put on uh, Sunday. This is for any of you guys, but how much do you guys attribute this win to your teammates looking over you? 100%. No, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. I think uh, the other reason why, you know, we band so so much together and, um, you know, we, we just came together. And, you know, I firmly believe that, you know, they're, they're with us and strengthening each and every one of us. And they're bringing us closer together. And, you know, I, I mean, I give this all to them. Uh, I thought that was amazing. Um, you know, I just love this institution um, because it's so much more than just football. Like, they genuinely care about, you know, everybody. And so, um, you know, they just do things the right way. And, you know, I thought that was amazing. I thought it was great for everyone to see. Um, and, you know, it was great for our team as well. Has the, old line been noticeably, has the offensive line been noticeably different in practice? These last two weeks, they've obviously played a lot better. Has it been noticeable in practice as well? Yeah, they definitely have kicked it up a, a notch and are, are doing some really good things. And and it, it, it allows me to have a lot of a lot of comfortability back there and also just really run the ball downhill because they can, they can move guys up front each and every down. They're the U players. Now here's head coach Kyle Whittingham. So proud of this team. Uh, halftime, hadn't played very well in the first half. Obviously, Arizona State had played very well. Um, was it 21-7 at half? Put some or left some points on the field uh, at the end of the first half. We were down there, at least a field goal we were expecting to get, and then of course we we uh, had the turnover. But uh, tell you what, we rallied together at halftime, and and uh, those guys believed, those players believed, they they were not going to be denied, and came out and was a 28 zip. I guess it was in the second half, and uh, phenomenal job by our offense. Uh, first half, we didn't run the ball as effectively as effectively we needed to. And second half, outstanding running the football. Uh, and then defensively, we stiffened up and, and started taking some things away. 
Um, coaching staff did a great job with their plans. Players executed. We must have made five or six plays, crucial plays in that last drive uh, to go up two scores. Uh, Vele's catch, Keithy made a catch, uh, TJ made a couple runs. I must have converted three or four or five third downs on that drive as well. I haven't seen the exact numbers, but proud of our guys. Uh, we're sitting in a great spot right now. Got a lot of football left, uh, a lot of football, a lot of tough games. So we're just, uh, this thing's just getting started. But uh, where we are right now is is in a great spot. And uh, we've got to just continue to, to practice like we have been, have the same mentality, the same attitude, the same competitive spirit, and uh, see what happens. But... Uh, Proud of the guys for what they did in that second half, particularly. Kyle, did you ever think you'd see Britton Covey flexing after a play? Is that what he did? He flexed? <laughs> I thought he was going to take his helmet off and show the, how the row gain's working. But, 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 <laughs> but uh, no, I didn't, I didn't notice that. And he apologized to the team afterwards. And that kid made play after play as well. I love Britt Covey and his competitive spirit as well. The whole team, offensive line, took over in that second half. Coach, before uh, before this, you tweeted out that you know you guys scored 28 unanswered. I tweeted that. Are you sure? Okay. Okay. Curious about the momentum and the momentum swing from that first half to the second half. Yeah, well, it all started with the first drive in the second half. We talked about that at halftime, that, hey, we left some points out there at the end of the first half. We got the ball first. We go out and put one on them. It's game on. And that's exactly what we did. And then we proceeded to score three more times in the second half. And, and uh, that last one was the dagger. And our pass rush took over on that, uh, you know, when they got the ball back with 240 or whatever it was left over. Uh, pass rush took over and, and essentially ended the game for us. The decision to go on, on fourth and two from the 37, was there any thought to setting noise out there? or were you No, that was, uh, you know, would have been a, what, a 55-yarder. Didn't want to give up that field position, uh, even though a field goal would have been very valuable at that point. I thought the chances and the percentages favored converting rather than making a 55-yarder. Um, Cam missed some throws in the first half. Yep. There were some drops. Um, it wasn't all on him in the first half. You know, was there faith that that stuff would get cleaned up? Absolutely. Absolutely. He was 8 of 18, I believe, in the first half and ended up uh, with an with outstanding night and uh, got a lot of faith in Cam Rising. He's a great leader for us, and the players believe in him. Uh, Tavion Thomas also gave us a spark. Uh, didn't get 100 yards tonight, but he was close. He was 70 or 80 yards. And, and uh, you know, just the, the tight ends, their usual contribution. Those guys are uh, an outstanding position group with Kincaid and, and Keithy and, and Cole Fotheringham. And, and uh, wide receivers made plays. Theo Howard made a couple nice plays. Uh, Devon Bailey, that one-handed catch uh, to keep the drive alive. Uh, that uh, last drive was huge. So can't say enough good things about our players and how they, how they uh, continue to compete and uh, never, never got down on themselves. Kyle, uh, you guys held Arizona State tonight seven total yards after halftime. What really clicked most? Defensively, they'll allow you to just consistently get the stops that you need. Start playing our gaps better, just gap control. You know, we weren't playing good gap control in the first half. We were popping out of gaps and and uh, getting reach blocked, and and we just had a little conversation at halftime about just doing your job and staying in your gap and getting some knockback up front. And uh, those guys played very well. You got to remember, we're playing with freshman D tackles. I mean, Aliki Vimahi and Junior Tafuna. Those guys are going to be incredible in a couple of years. They're playing really well right now, but uh, with them and then Van and X. And so we got a lot going for us uh, with uh, with these young players, but but that was the difference. Is is we were more gap sound in the second half, 
uh, far more gaps down than we were in the first half. You had a lot of, you had a lot of wins in your career. Does this one, how does this one feel different given the weight of this week? <sighs> you know, it's, it's uh, I can't tell you how rewarding it is and how uh, much our players deserved it. They had a great week of practice. And uh, it's got to be, you know, in the top 10 of wins since I've been here that uh, sat as far as satisfying wins. I'm proud, proud of the team. Sorry about that. Playing off that, the players talked about that, you know, the deaths of Ty and Aaron obviously have kind of rallied the team together. What what are you seeing that's maybe different? Obviously, you don't want the tragedies, but what, what are you seeing that's maybe different with that? I think it's really affected uh, quite a few people as, as taking a look at themselves and what they've uh, been uh, you know, their work ethic and how much they've been given and, and just finding a way to give more. And not that we had a bunch of lazy guys or anything like that. And not that uh, a tragic event like that's going to translate into wins. I, mean, I, don't th I don't think it's, that's not necessarily the case. But I think everybody took a hard look inside themselves and uh, figured out ways where they could individually get better. And then collectively, as those guys get better individually, collectively we get better as a team. How difficult is it to, one, prep for a quarterback like Jaden Daniels and number two to adjust on the fly in a game as he's you know doing what he's doing. Okay, I, I didn't follow that question. Jaden Daniels. Right. How, how difficult is it to prep for a guy like that oh. in practice, but then also to you know adjust on the fly? Yeah, very difficult. First of all, very difficult to prep for him. Uh, he moves as well as any quarterback in the country as far as escaping rushes and, and getting out, getting himself out of jams. Uh, and he's 70% thrower. You know, he's, he's a true dual-threat quarterback. Um, we had a hard time keeping him corralled in the first half. Had a hard time in the second half, for that matter, but we were able to get some big sacks there in that last drive. But uh, he's a terrific player, and uh, he's, a, he's a playmaker, and he's really the catalyst for that football team. Coach, what have you observed or noticed this season, this, this process that Tavian Thomas has gone through to kind of become and reemerge as your lead back again? Yeah, well, first of all, it has been exactly that, a process. We had some things to clean up. We didn't have them in spring ball, so we came in the summertime. Uh, had some ball security issues uh, early in the season that showed up a couple times. So that was a, that was a work in progress that uh, took, a f took a few weeks. Uh, pass protection, blitz pickup. You know, this takes some time to get all the, the, the blitz pickups down. And so I think Kyle McDonald has done an outstanding job with him and uh, bringing him along. And he's a big time back. I mean, he's 6'2 and 235 pounds. He's a load and he can really run. And so I think you're going to see him get nothing but better. He's just going to continue to get better. And, and as long as he doesn't take a step backward, you know, with ball security or any of those other things, he's going he's gonna to be a big part of what we're doing. Four straight touchdowns out of the half. Can you describe the feeling of celebrating with these, with your players, and having that, just that connection that you do have with them, where you know that this is what they've worked for? It was awesome. It was awesome, and, and to see them succeed and, and play the way they did in the second half, we, you know, that's how we're, what we're capable of. And that's uh, we weren't making plays in the first half. We were a little bit uh, out of sync, I guess you can say. And a lot of that has to do with Arizona State. They got some good players. They've been recruiting well over the last year. I mean, they've they the last couple of years. Their roster is is really good from top to bottom. And so it's an athletic football team with a lot of playmakers. But uh, to see our guys do what they did and and just uh, the resolve that they played with was uh, I'm very proud. I mean, couldn't be prouder. It's it, as a head coach, you're you're uh, you take a lot of pride in what they're doing. Was it to see the crowd? Um, do you know flash the lights and you know and, and do that moment of loudness? Yeah, the, the third quarter and uh, between quarter three, three and four, it was it, it's still 
uh, you know, I get chills down my spine. I know it's only happened a couple times, but it's it's a great uh, way to honor those two young men. And uh, it was, it really gave us a boost. I mean, it, we already had momentum, but that just added to it. And the must was great tonight, too. The must and the crowd. Uh, Huge home field advantage for us and uh, grateful for our crowd and, and the, that must section that's on their feet all four quarters. And, and uh, Rice Eccles is a tough place to play, and it really is for the opponents. All right, there is Kyle Whittingham. When we come back, ah, it's an NIL Monday. We will hear from Nick Ford coming up, the Youth Center. But next, it'll be Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Samson Nakua is scheduled to join us here momentarily, BYU wide receiver. Nick Ford, Ute offensive lineman, is coming up at 8.30 this morning. And Blake Anderson, Aggie head coach, at 9.30. PK, yeah. for the Cougars who are about to discuss that was pretty rough at the line of scrimmage. Man, Baylor running the ball, running the ball, running the ball some more. You give up 303 yards of rushing, you're going to be in trouble. And the Cougars were. Yeah, surprising. They got dominated. There's just no doubt about it. You can't phrase it any other way. They absolutely got dominated up front. I don't know what was going on. Was it an embarrassment? Was Baylor just that much better? BYU exposed a little bit. Oh, I guess there's a whole bunch of things you can put in the pot and stir it up and see what you come up with. But, yeah, that was a disappointing performance by the Cougars against Baylor on Saturday. It was fun to have them in the parade and all that stuff, and welcome to the Big 12. Yeah, welcome to the Big 12 while we beat the crap out of you. (laughs) Great to have you here. That's even better. A little patronizing there, if you ask me. And while the defensive line had its issues, the offensive line had some of the same issues. They did not run the ball very well themselves. Threw it. A bunch of big plays to, to Nakua. Tapuka Nakua. Yeah. And the one big run on fourth down, they fooled him. Romney had some good catches, too. Jaron Hall ran away from him. Uh, yeah. But if you're going to go to one, it's it's the inability to stop the run. I and mean, you're, you're never going to win any games if you allow a team to run over 300 yards. You just, just <laughs> no, unless you're playing Air Force, it's what they do all the time. So it's amazing that... That happened. I did not see that coming to that extent. I thought if you look at statistics, I'm not watching a lot of Baylor football, but if you look at the statistics, it indicated that Baylor was pretty good at running the ball, but just dominating the way they did was a big surprise. Tyler Algier held to 15 carries for 33 yards. The team ran for 67, and Sackyardage pulls that number down, and meanwhile, Baylor just doing whatever they wanted. Abram Smith, 188 yards, three touchdowns, converted linebacker from a year ago. Well, I guess that was a good, good thing they they moved him to the other side of the uh, the, the ball. It's a good thing they played BYU. Yeah, and now they've got uh, you know I don't know what's going to happen with Washington State and their coach and all that stuff. But as I said weeks ago, the Utes caught a significant break when Delore didn't play against them because uh, when he plays, they're a whole heck of a lot better. And that's what they got this week. Washington State coming up another Saturday afternoon game, Wazoo 4-3. and three. I wouldn't think they can run the ball like that, but we didn't think we were gonna be able to run, they were going to be able to run the ball like that. Well, they're not week. oriented to run the ball like yeah. that, so they won't ball, run the ball like that. So you don't have to worry about thinking about that because that's not going to happen. Uh, they're going to beat you in other ways. And he's very good. He's an emerging player. Freshman last year, now coming on a little bit here. 
And so it's going to be a tough one for them. Back-to-back losses for the Cougars after five straight. Maybe getting back into the Pac-12 will help them. They've handled the Pac-12. Oh, it's back-to-back losses. They feel differently because one game's a bunch of turnovers. The Pac-12 has nothing to do with it. BYU needs to play a lot better. You don't think that's Baylor being a lot better? BYU has to play a lot better. Baylor's gone now. I don't have to worry about them for two years. It's about the Cougars. I'm not interested in talking about Baylor anymore. I'm talking about BYU. Yes, but did the Cougars not play well because they were matched up? It with doesn't matter. What opponents? difference is they're not playing Baylor anymore? Right, and if no one okay, is as good as it. Baylor, great, then no. that won't happen again. Okay, fine. Now on to Washington State. That's who they have to beat. Baylor's in the rearview mirror. If you want to talk about Baylor, feel free to do it. I want to talk about BYU. Their need to play better, no matter who they play. This is about Washington State. It's a completely different team. They're not going to get dominated to the tune of 300 yards on the ground anymore. That's not going to happen this week. They have to figure out ways to apply pressure to their quarterback, Washington State, because I believe he's a pretty good player. He's an emerging player. So how can they find ways to shore up what they need to do? And then that, That's the most important thing. And how can they find ways to run the ball better? What can they do? It's about them. The opponent, uh, so be it. They're done. And you don't want to obviously have a three-game losing streak here. So going forward, and I think they can win this game, uh, especially because I don't know what Washington State's going to have with their coach. You know, he's got the thing with the COVID and wanting the religious exemption and the vaccine and all that stuff, and there's other assistants on the staff who do that. So the program could be calling chaos. I mean, you listen to Rolovich talk, it was almost like a goodbye speech the other day. After they beat Stanford, so I, I it's a crazy situation. That's one thing that uh, that I've never really experienced before. And he's talking about he's acknowledging that this might be it, and it'd be a shame because he really enjoys coaching these boys and, and all the stuff that he was saying. It was almost like going to his own funeral in a sense from a professional standpoint. It was very weird. I have no frame of reference to compare this to whatsoever. We've seen coaches gone in the middle of the season, but not when the team is playing this well. It's a totally different situation, and he's supposed to hear from the university today. Yeah. Except they were saying, well, maybe they won't hear anything because it's a process, and there's he's not the only one going through it, and if everyone applies at the end, I mean, it's really weird. If everyone applies at the end, there isn't time for the committee to review all of these. Right, so I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Nobody does. And that could be a... Uh a big wrench into the plans for Washington State. Maybe not. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know who your coach is going to be on a Monday. I, I when guys are getting fired, uh, well, they get fired. We we don't go into the week. Are you going to coach this week? Normally, you know whether the coaches by Monday, if they they normally don't make a change the, the day of the week, the game of, when the game's on Saturday during the week. You know, Lane Kiffin and those guys get fired on a Saturday. Uh, so you know, t- you know that situation. The same thing with uh, the second time around with Helton. But here we are on a Monday. We're still not sure if he's going to be coaching. And there's no speculation that he's losing his job due, due, due to poor performance. So that's very, very funky there. Question of the day, Utah all alone in first place. Utah State breaking a two-game losing streak, and BYU has lost two in a row. What do you make of all of that? 
And Craig points out, BYU and Utah are both 3-0 in Pac-12 play with an opportunity to get to 4-0 next week. Yeah, except for BYU doesn't get anything for that. That's nice. You get wins, but you don't get a shot at the Rose Bowl, and Utah has a legitimate chance. They've got, right now, this is the best shot that they've had to get to the Rose Bowl since they've been in the conference starting in 2011. I can emphatically state that. They've never had this good of a chance. You feel better about this than even when they got it down to one game? Yes. Yep, I do. The league looks wide open. Everybody else is lost. It's a weak, weak league. And with that in mind, and it doesn't matter if you're the best of the week. You're in. And you get to go to the Rose Bowl, who cares? (laughs) It doesn't matter. No, they. I think their chances right now is as good as they've ever been. I see no reason they do not get in. You know, injuries can happen in football, but I can't predict them, so I'm not going to worry about them because they can happen to the other team just as well as they could happen to your team. Landon says BYU is going to finish with eight wins. Mark my words. Okay, mark my words. And my mother used to say that all the time. Mark my words. And it was never, oh, mark my words, sweetie. <laughs> There's a little edge to mm-hmm. it. Mark my words. Yeah, it was a massive edge, yeah. Usually preceded and succeeded by swear words. Eight wins would be a massive disappointment after starting 5-0 and oh, and two games back there that we've all identified as gimmies. Sure, I would agree with that. Uh, but at the same time, that's what I had them at. So I think you have to invi- you have to evaluate the season in its entirety when we get to that point. Troy says, uh, "Well, BYU's lucky Utah coaching staff got the starting QB position wrong, or it would have been ten wins in a row for the Utes over BYU." Yeah, you can make a case for that. Certainly, from BYU, that's what I'm going to write about this week. I was doing it last night. I mean, BYU Utah just made a massive coaching blunder, and you told me, "I well, why don't you tell Kyle Whittingham? I should have told him because I was right." <laughs> yes. Kyle! I called it. Swag guy over here. I kept saying it, man. This is not second guessing here. Monday morning quarterback on a day that is Monday morning. I said it weeks before. I know he, uh, that Brewer kid, man, he was awesome in that spring game. Boy, it was the best spring game I've ever seen. We need Todd Graham here. That was the best spring quarterback performance I've ever seen. Aloha! But, but he hadn't. He didn't have it. He didn't have it. He was not invested in the team. He was invested in himself. And he showed that. Less than 48 hours after getting benched, quitting. I'm out. Uh, and uh, uh, rising has it. He's 3-0. and He's basically 3 and a half and 0 3-1-0. Yeah. <laughs> He's about a three-point. Well, clearly they would have won the game against San Jose State if he played the first half. If he half. played in the first half. And I know you're all excited. They're 6 and I feel bad for you. You, Charlie Brown, uh-huh. you do this every year. You get all hyped up on some dumb bowl game that they're going to go to, and then they lose, and you get, you're like a 15-year-old oh, you're you're there. They're going to lose. <laughs> you're, I can't believe your fandom is so strong. <laughs> After all these years, you still get wrapped up as if you're 15 years old. <laughs> but that's what makes you your charming self. Is that you're all excited? And I know you were, you were on the edge of your seat watching San Jose State in overtime. <laughs> I was thinking of you, barely stuck, could hardly stay awake. You know, do I want to watch? Finally, I said no. I'm going to bed. This is ridiculous. It was bad football. It's late. I know, but I'm thinking of you because you're just such a fanboy with that. And good for you, man. If it brings you happiness, I'm all for it. Uh, but, it doesn't sound like it, but I'll take it. But but that's who you are. It's not who I am. 
I went golfing with a guy from Maryland over the weekend, and uh, I told him where I was from. So, were you a Giants fan growing up? No. Were you a Jets fan growing up? No. Were you a Yankees fan growing up? No. <laughs> he went through the whole thing. He's probably getting all kinds of disappointment. <laughs> there's a whole Why didn't you just thing. save him? Dude, I'm 0 for 9. <laughs> I don't care about any of them. Rutgers, if you want 0 for 10. And he was, he was from Maryland. This was down in southern Utah, and he was from Maryland, and he was taking a one-man national parks vacation. And he was a very good golfer, by the way, and he squeezed it in at Sky Mountain in Hurricane. And uh, so I said, he's really no one. I said, yeah, it's really weird since uh, I'm in a sports business. I figured I could tell him because I'm never going to see him again, right? And uh, so I tell him, and he was just just stunned. And I always introduce myself as Pat. And so I told him the name of the show. uh, And I could see him over there looking. (laughs) And I hit a good, I get a hit a good D shot off 10. Nice shot, PK. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of fun playing with him, but he was just amazed that I was not. I said, I know, I just wasn't wired that way. What can I tell you, man? I just never got into teams. I get into players, you know, and I love watching individual players who are really good, but I just never got caught up in the winning and losing. Well, it saves you a lot of heartache because. Brady Hoke's going to let me down. You're right. The football will get pulled away. The Charlie Brown thing. I mean, it's such a struggle. <laughs> and they barely won a couple of these. But you can argue very strongly that rising quarterback, they beat San Diego State. So that could be a massive, massive blunder by the Utah coaching staff. And yet, if they end up in the Rose Bowl, because as you just said, this is their best chance. It's a nice consolation prize, but it does yeah. not take away from the fact that they blew it. Yeah. It's a consolation prize. Well, because it could be a playoff team. Yes, yes, yes. If they were one or zero losses right now, they'd be ranked in the top 10 and they would be strongly considered, particularly in a conference that is down this year. There's nothing in front of you that is unbeatable. Nothing. I told you you months ago, I didn't believe in Oregon's and Anthony Brown, and you thought, oh, Cal, on the surface. On the surface of what? It went down literally to the last play. Goal line stand (laughs) and the game. Yeah. This Oregon one, D is would big you time. Trust me on Pac-12 football instead of arguing with me all the time. This I was is, right. Oregon this is the won. One thing I ah. on the surface it looks like a blowout, and I said, <laughs> I "What know. surface? On the surface, <laughs> it, it was wasn't. never going to be a blowout. Well, especially now because I'm missing a running back. It too. doesn't matter. And I, and I told, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. When I say told you, you said you knew the. It's not like the running back was injured sure. after <laughs> you made the statement. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and he's getting hurt, and now, Mark, injury. <laughs> so they knew going in, there's nothing on the surface that screams Oregon blowout. I read a thing this week from a, from somebody over there in Oregon. You got a five-star kid in Thompson, play the kid. But you know, they insist on going with Brown, and they're booing in their own Autzen Stadium. Yep. Phil Knight said, take my name off of it. Well, that's a little extreme. <laughs> Just a figure of speech. The ballpark I'm talking about across the street. It's a, he doesn't have. He doesn't want his name. Uh, his name isn't attached to it. He ha- pro- provided all the upgrades, I'm sure. But Utah just has a golden opportunity. There's really, literally, I can see no reason why they're not playing January 1st. Doesn't mean they will. But as we sit here right now, I don't think that there's anything in their way. Cam Rising is something special. He just is, man. His ability to escape, and he's not a big rah-rah guy. He doesn't show a ton of emotion, but kids love playing for him or with him or by him, whatever you want to say. 
as the quarterback him. alongside is even better. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so all those things there go into it. I mean, just dominant. I know Jaden Daniels throws a pretty deep ball, but this isn't punt, pass, and kick. Pretty deep balls only get you so far. You've <laughs> got to be able to do it all. Two weeks in a row, they didn't score a point in the second half. Yep. They, they didn't score a point against Stanford. They didn't get points. So, you, like, so. you like the penalties coming back? Well, I mean, it's who they are. Been, my wife said, what, what's going on? I said, I'm going to give you my standard answer. Where have you been for 40 years? <laughs> Nobody ever texts me, hey, how about those devils after a win? I always get it locally here from that people. Yeah. yeah, like, where have you been for 40 years? If it wouldn't have been Utah, I wouldn't have watched it. It's embarrassing. They're an embarrassing team. They're an embarrassing program. It's been this way forever. I don't have. I, I people probably came at me on Twitter, but I don't. I don't have my mentions on, so I can't see you. If you want to come at me, you got to call up or get on our uh, open line here. That's. I'm not. I don't make myself available to the public twenty four seven, so I don't have mentions there. Uh, so you can have. Rip me all you want. I don't see them. Uh, as far as that goes, I figured why why be available? I mean, you you send nice tweets, so no one's going to rip you. But people like to come after me, and that's fine. But I'm not going to make myself available 24 seven. I'll do it during working hours. If you got any, if you want to rip me, have at it. You got me from six to ten every every Monday through Friday. And I'm available there. I suppose you can email me, but really nobody does that anymore. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> we thought email is now old school. Email was cutting edge <laughs> yeah. for about five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I did have people leave threatening voice messages on my landline, but I don't have a landline anymore. I'm out. <laughs> so you can't get my, I don't know, is there a way to get your cell phone? Can people get Oh, your, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you are getting spammed on your cell phone? Well, no, but I guess I get spammed, but so that's just that random numbers. There's ways to get you. But n- no one is calling me up with a specific idea. To, I've been threatened will, with my life. Right. I will tell you in the break, but I'm not going to blurt it out here on the air and help people. Yeah, but I don't answer any number that I don't have programmed That makes it harder answer, to get to you. So. And don't set up a voicemail box. It'll irritate people, but don't do it. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, they know how to get... People who know how to get in touch with me can get in touch with me. That's what matters the most. So, uh, on that way, if you blasted me on Twitter, I don't see it, so I, I can't help you there. But yeah, the Devils have been an embarrassment. I mean, Herm Edwards, come on. He got so much praise because he's a nice guy, but there's no discipline in the program. They're, they're just an embarrassment. I would have turned it off. I would have gone to Hawaii and Nevada, but I felt obligated since it was the Utes. That's to give you a, a lot. And my level of fandom, BYU played... ASU at home and Utah played ASU at home and I didn't go to either game so back off the fandom there but this is about the Utes anyway Uh, and right now I expect them to continue rolling now as soon as I say that they go up to Oregon State and lose because it's not like they're world beaters either but they may be best of the bunch and it is fluctuating from week to week you know we may come in here next Monday and who's our new flavor of the week in the Pac-12 but right now it's Utah Right now. But is Utah that good because they've got a quarterback and they've got a complete team around him? Or Pac-12 churn and it is going to be a different team every week? And just because it's Utah now doesn't mean it won't be Utah next week. And if Utah gets beat, that doesn't mean it can't be Utah again in two or three weeks. Well, I don't see them losing two games. So maybe it comes down to 
the night before Halloween against the UC Los Angeles Bruins. Maybe that. There it is. Because if UCLA wins that, then the top three in the South have all beaten each other, and it's chaos down the stretch. Yeah, everybody's got a tiebreaker against somebody, but everybody doesn't mean somebody else going eight and one, my friend. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, but will they all end up seven and two? Oh, I'd be surprised if they went seven and two. Then, Ute fans, gear up! Wouldn't you be surprised if UCLA went eight and one? I'd be surprised if any of them went eight and one. Yeah, except the Utes. Because uh, if I take a long said. view, but if I go week to week, it changes. If I take right now, I'm taking the long view. I'm not taking it week to week. I'm not taking it this opponent versus the Utes, that opponent against the Utes. I'm taking a long view, which when you have, uh, what do they have? Five games to go. Six. How many conference games they got left? They got six. Six. Right. When you have six conference games to go, I think that's the only way you can take. It is the long view. This it's pointless to break down the whatever game in November. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Although they got two cream puff opponents in Arizona and Colorado, but everybody's going to beat Arizona and Colorado. Except Arizona's not going to beat Colorado. Uh, so, really, in a sense, they've got four games left. They could very well go four zero. They could go 0-4 conceivably. I don't think they will do either of those. But it's pointless to break down those games right now. I'm taking long view, and yes, well, I can see them being sitting there at 8-1 and one with the long view. But let's wait and hold off from week to week. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely, and I think you have to do it because all three teams are vulnerable to a quarterback injury. I don't think any of them have a second-string quarterback who can play at a high level. Very few teams do. A few do, but none of these three. So everybody's vulnerable to that. I think it's a two-team race. Because if, if no team that leads the league in penalties is going to win anything. Yeah, almost leading the nation in penalties. I think third. Third in the nation yeah. in penalties. They had that graphic during the game. You know, the first three weeks were brutal, and they cut it in half to like six per game. And then, man, against the youths, the flags just kept flying. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Rod Rex, Lend Right Mortgage. He joins us right now with some deals you need to hear about. Rod, good morning. Good morning to both of you. So you've got something called the Freedom Loan. Explain to people what that is. Yeah, so here at Lend Right Mortgage, uh, we've got a business model that is just a lot less expensive. So what that allows us to do is offer to our mortgage clients an interest rate that's at least as good or better in most cases than the local banks and credit unions without any closing costs. Uh, We cover all of those for you and we can get you the same or better interest rate. So it's a great way to refinance or purchase and save yourself several thousand dollars in closing costs. There was a time when interest rates We're in the sixes and the sevens, and people are excited about the fours and the threes, and now you're offering rates in the ones. That is a tiny number. Yeah, right now, uh, you've got kind of a limited time to get that because the Federal Reserve has announced that they're going to withdraw their stimulus that they've been putting into the market, and that's going to happen probably within the next two months. But we still do have rates on eight to 15-year terms, 
as low as 1.75%. How do people get a hold of you if they want to know more about the uh, the Freedom Loan Program and rates and the ones? Yeah, the best way to do that is just uh, give us a call. Phone number is easy to remember. It's 801-APPROVE, or you can visit us on our website at LendRightMortgage.com. LendRightMortgage.com, LendRightMortgage.com, or 801-APPROVE. That's 801-APPROVE. Hey, Rod, thanks. Thank you. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. So I'm trying to get my phone to not call me Hans. All right, try it again. Don't call me Hans. Okay, what should I call you? Hans. You'd like me to call you Hans. Is that right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hans. You'd like me to call you Pants. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing. Like Lance or Dance. What is my name, Google? Your name is Hans. God, stupid, dumb thing. Could you call me Hans, Ned? You'd like me to call you Handsome. Is that right? Well, it's better than Hans, yeah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day, presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Football Fridays are presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible opponents. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. All right, question of the day. That was quite the weekend of college football there. Can you explain what you saw? The Utes sitting in first place in the Pac-12 South, the only team without a loss in conference play. It should be this way, though. The world is at their feet. Because they were picked second, but we didn't know USC was going to implode the way it did. So then you go to the next team. Whatever the next team. Second place team's now in first place because USC fired their coach after two games. Yeah. I mean, we knew he was on the hot seat, but that was real quick. Yeah, and I think it was the wrong move. But nevertheless, it doesn't matter. I mean, it was the wrong move at the time. You want to do it before and after, I'm fine with it. But uh, nevertheless, they're, they're wasted. So the door is the door's never been this wide open for the Utes. Shane says, hopefully the Utes will keep winning until it counts, and then we all know what will happen. The problem is there's nobody out there that scares me. I guess they're just falling on the, the other two times they were in the conference title game. But the first time they had backups at multiple positions. And the second time they had Justin Herbert. Yeah. There's no Justin Herbert in this conference. You're not, you're not looking around seeing an NFL quarterback? No. Not just an NFL quarterback, but an above-average NFL quarterback mm-hmm. very quickly in his career. Well, starter. Yeah, a starter. A starter on a winning team. They didn't win yesterday, obviously, but a starter on a winning team is one thing to make it. I mean, guys make it. I think Jacob Mason's on a roster right. somewhere. Make it is one yeah. thing, yeah. and starting for a losing team is one thing. Start for a winning team, yeah. different level. So I don't see anybody out there that frightens me. See, the good thing about them at this stage being undefeated and the other two contenders, if you want to call them that, the Bruins and Devils with one loss, the Bruins and Devils are not going to go undefeated the rest of the way. So if they can beat the Bruins and have the tiebreaker, you, yeah, you so got the you mulligan. Can, then you can have a loss. Yeah. And... It's like you said, there's six games left, but it really feels like there's four because losing to right. Arizona or Colorado, right. you just can't. You watch those two play, you just can't see it happening. No, it won't happen. And we all know you can turn it over four times in a game and lose. Yeah, but you it just, take, turn it over ten it. times and they'll still win. Oh, they turned it over six times one year against BYU and still won. So <laughs> they can do it. 
Those teams are, and and Arizona has another quarterback injury. Cruz was out, so now they're down. They had three. Two of them have suffered season-ending injuries. What do you expect them to do? Lose. I mean, they've got no chance now, and that's a road game the second week in November. I mean, I mean, I love to pile on the Cats as much as anybody, but let's be realistic here. The guy inherited a mess, and his two top quarterbacks are gone now. I mean, come on, it's it's, it's a complete and total unfair judgment of them. And so Utes can turn it over as many times as they want. In fact, I would encourage them because there's a certain law of averages involved in turnovers. So have at it. <laughs> Turn over all you want then. So that way you can have only... five clean yeah. games because you yeah. have, like, BYU yeah. had five yeah. good ones and then they had to Boise State. Well, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever you're going to do the rest of the year, make sure so, you so turn some, over you know, cats. football. The law of numbers plays out in football, too, not just basketball. Matt Harpering, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thank you. So, Man, I love that. So... Uh, they they basically have four games. Well, the other teams aren't going whatever, uh, however many they have left. I don't know. The Devils have a bye this week. I don't know if the Bruins have already had their bye. I can't remember. But they're going to lose multiple games. And it's not just that. There's nobody on the other side of the division, the conference, that worries me whatsoever. Nobody. Nobody. Everybody Zero. over there is already beaten, and 7-2 and two may win that division. And none of them are world beaters. I mean, I thought both times the Utes went into the conference title game, I thought they're the underdog. One, because of injury, and the next year because I thought the Ducks' offense was potent. And I didn't think it was going to be that potent, and I didn't think they were going to blow them out. They did. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I had Oregon winning in a landslide. Not at all. But nevertheless, they did. They owned them that game. That was the worst game the Utes had played that day, the the whole season. And I don't care about the bowl game afterward. Uh, There's nobody over there that worries me. So if I were Utah, I wouldn't say it because that's not who your football team can be. But for the fans, I would investigate some uh, reservation possibilities in Pasadena. I, I certainly would. You know, especially if you get in one that is cancelable and you don't have any uh, cost to it. Yeah. Why wait? Set yourself up now. Yeah, because I, I think it's an extremely realistic possibility. Utah's all alone in first place. Utah State breaks a two-game losing streak. Now BYU has back-to-back losses. What do you make of all of that? And Brian says, things are getting back to normal around here. That's a Ute fan getting in his licks. Nothing wrong with that, man. You're a fan? Steven says, sounds like the perfect weekend to me. It's really crazy to think that they would go to the Rose Bowl in the year they lost to BYU. I tweeted that out a couple weeks ago. Well, yeah, after they beat SC, I think it was. I don't know. I always go back and delete my tweets. Uh... But I did tweet that out sometime. I think it was after the USC win. They could go to the Rose Bowl in a year that they lost to BYU. And if I'm a Ute fan, under the circumstances, I am completely and totally fine with it for a multitude of reasons. You weren't going to beat them every single year. The coaches blew it. They chose the wrong quarterback. And uh, the law of numbers sort of caught up to you. BYU is going to win eventually. Yeah. Look at all the rivalry games across college football. How many teams get nine-game winning streaks? Right, they should have won before now. It's amazing it lasted that long because they had a number of opportunities to get it done. They ah, didn't get it done. The two-point conversion. Yeah. 
So you lost to them. Well, if you're going to play them every year, and then you're not, but uh, you can play them if you're going to play the times in a 12-year period, you're, you're going to lose. It's just the way it is. You're a winner and loser in every game. I, I, so whoop-de-doo. It doesn't matter. The only thing that potentially matters is it could keep you out of the playoff discussion. If Utah runs the table, man, you could dream of what if. Now, you got the Rose Bowl, and that's a great consolation prize, but the way it's set up, it's not the number one goal. It's not the ultimate goal, depending on how you may reverse order your goals. You could have been in the Orange or Cotton Bowl. Yeah. In a playoff game. Yeah, but now you won't because you, you, you blew it, man. You started the wrong kid. Man, I wish you would have sucked in that spring game. Would have changed everything. <laughs> now, I don't have any problem bringing him on because you didn't know what rising health, Rising's health was going to be. But once Rising got healthy, and you knew you backup. Bringing him into the program isn't the problem. He sure was, because he wasn't going to be a backup. He proved that. He was not going to be a backup. If they'd announced Rising as a starter... He would have oh, left. He left He'd when left. he left three games into the season, so why wouldn't he have left earlier? So they had to bring in a backup, but it couldn't be him. <laughs> He's, but you were bringing in him in case... The shoulder surgery yeah, doesn't that, go well. That was re- a logical decision. The rehab doesn't go well. Which He's, who knew? Right. He's 80% strength instead of 100%. Right. And right. He needs a second surgery to clean something up. Exactly. We've heard all those stories. Exactly. Yes. So the issue of originally bringing him in, and you can say this is second guessing, except I said it before they named it. I said it in training camp. This kid has swagger. I've used that word a hundred times. Way more than that. And I'm going to go to my grave saying, on my tombstone, he had swagger. So with all your confidence in his swagger, there were you fans who did not have confidence at halftime. Did you figure it was just a matter of time ASU was going to muck that thing up? Well, he throws a a pretty deep ball. (sighs) I I don't know that I've ever seen a more overrated quarterback than Daniels. So hold on. Now, I got a 40-year history here. This is is not last week. Hold on, because they're going to commit a penalty and they're going to drop a pass. That will happen. Yes. This is the definition of insanity to expect something other to happen or to have it not happen. It always happens. Well, two times it didn't, and they went to the Rose Bowl. And it's not even so much about the whole <laughs> two race. Times, two times out of 40. You got me there. You're right. <laughs> Thank you. There's a 5% chance. I'll take my They'll odds. pull it together. Right. But it's 21-7 at halftime. The U defense doesn't look good, and the U offense looks worse than that. Two things. You didn't think the Utes were a mortal lock to win the game at halftime. Okay, I'll tell you what I thought. I thought the first two possessions mm-hmm. would decide the game of the second half. Okay, yeah. You can so, see that. yes. Because you're not done down 14 to halftime in college football. No. We, we've seen that. It's two to nothing in baseball. Nobody makes a big deal about that. Right. The number of points, because you get more. Because you get more, but it's yeah. really three to one. They got three touchdowns, you got one. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. And college football is a sport where five is often a winning number. Certainly yeah. four or five is often a winning yeah. number. So it wasn't done, but it was also trending very poorly. Well, it wasn't trending at For all. The they weren't playing at halftime. Oh, come on. So, no, that's a reset. 
We've seen it a hundred times. The Utes have done it themselves as recently as the last game or the game before. I mean, San Diego State, it wasn't trending. There is no trending at halftime. It's over at halftime. Then you make adjustments. You come out. It's a brand new half. There, and, and especially in college football, there isn't necessarily continuation. If there was no halftime, maybe. But a halftime is a dead period. So then it starts up again. It's like two games in one. We've seen it a million times. So don't go, oh, come on me. It proved it just as much as recently as Saturday. So I thought, what does Utah do on their first possession? What do the Devils do on their first possession? Well, touchdown and a punt. Yeah, and the kid drops a first down pass. And I don't remember, but they probably had a penalty. (laughs) Well, they were 13. It's hard to remember. Hey, you're undisciplined. You're not going to all of a sudden be disciplined now. It's, it, and, and it's like, there's a reason why a great hitter, we don't necessarily have great hitters anymore in the way we used to. Guys don't hit over 350. It used to be somewhat of a common occurrence, right? But nobody does that anymore because they're all swinging for launch angle and blah, blah, blah. But back in the days, it was like a great hitter rarely got called out on a third strike. Because the umpire's, well, he's a great hitter. He would have swung. Pitchers get the close calls because they're great control pitchers. It's a true story. Right. Well, with the Devils, it was never better exampled than on the Britton Covey fair catch bobble it. They call, they didn't give Britton Covey room enough to catch the ball. He had friggin' 20 yards, but it's the Devils. They always commit penalties. Let's throw another one. Right? There was no way that, now it had no bearing on the game. I'm not saying that they lost because of the refs. My point is, everybody in the stadium knows that team commits a lot of penalties. So, if there's any doubt, throw it, because they commit a lot of penalties. Right? There was no way anybody was near Covey. They got near him when the ball started bobbling. And they tackled him. Yeah. Which you can do. But that's not what they called. If the ball had hit the ground, then they could have hit him and dove for it. But that's not what they called. And then they gave the number of a guy who I don't even know was on the field. I didn't get the number at all. Everybody in that stadium knows that team is going to commit penalties. And it's actually the definition of insanity to expect otherwise. So they're going to allow you to be in the game, particularly on the road, because both of their big penalty games were here in Utah on the road with big crowds and blah, blah, blah. They're obviously rattled. So surely I thought the the first two possessions, and if that if they don't commit, commit a penalty, just hold on because they're probably going to drop a pass. <laughs> DJ and PK brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's twenty twenty one, and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text hair to eight zero one nine six zero thirty one thirty seven for fifteen percent off any hair loss treatment, or visit www.utahhairmd.com. Ready, we go. <laughs> The long decade of independence for BYU is finally over. Let's go! As the Cougars are Big 12 bound. Keep it locked on the Zone Sports Network for all the latest breaking news. As the Cougars make the transition to the Big 12, your home for the best coverage of college football in Utah is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Thursday at the warehouse from 2 to 7 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! <laughs> Wait a second. See if you're paying attention. 
Utah's all alone in first place. Utah State breaks a two-game losing streak. BYU's lost two in a row. What do you make of all of that? I'm perplexed. Reynolds never, Reynold never goes on any missions at New Bottomus. What? I know, it's a weird <laughs> handle. BYU and Utah both <laughs> illustrated this weekend just how bad the Pac-12 South is. Oh, so what's that, a, a BYU fan who wants to discredit Utah? Well, they take a shot at BYU, too. Maybe it's a Utah State fan. No. Or maybe it's some... Uh... No, it's a frustrated BYU fan. Oh, you think it is? Because they've lost two in a row now. Okay. I'll click on and it. And then Boise turns around and loses to Air Force. Ah! So, the horror. Right. So Boise isn't that good. And you you let them get away at home. Not happening. Should have never happened. One thing to lose to Baylor. Maybe Baylor's really good. We'll have more info on Baylor in the coming years. Uh but Boise now it's looking inexcusable. So I think it's a frustrated BYU fan. But so what? If you're playing in the Rose Bowl and you're the best of the best of the best of sucked, who cares? <laughs> well, I guess as long as you don't get uh, annihilated and embarrassed in the Rose well, Bowl. Well, unless you're playing Ohio State, you're not going to get <laughs> annihilated or embarrassed. Not worried about anybody else? Getting Iowa, the, you, Iowa doesn't appear like they're ready to blow anybody out. They struggle to score. Annihilated and embarrassed. You didn't yep. say lose. No, because I think, it's like you say, everybody right. loses a game. Right. It goes back and forth, and you get beat 31-24. Well, you got beat 31-24. Whereas, it's life. We, right. Whereas they're going up and down the field on you, and you can't do anything right, and it's getting yeah, out of yeah, hand, and yeah. they're putting in their We've backups. Seen We've seen those yeah, games. That yeah. sucks. Right. That's embar- annihilated and embarrassed. I agree with you. So, And you don't think Penn State, Michigan, or Michigan State can pull that off? Annihilate right now, and embarrass? Those yeah. are the two key words now going forward. <laughs> Annihilate and embarrass. <laughs> Put a stake in the ground. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm going to set Iowa side because they just don't score points. They're not going to beat anybody 40 to anything. They're, just, they're not scoring. Utah rarely gets annihilated and embarrassed. Right. They lose, but everybody loses. And it won't be, this won't be who gives a crap Oregon, bowl game. Oregon blew them out in the Pac-12. No, right. That and that's was, and, that and a I, shocker. And I set I those bowl games aside because it's not really you if multiple key guys don't play. That now you're no longer you. Your star players are going to the NFL one after another aren't playing. And you're so. not interested in competing. Mm-hmm. Every Pac-12 team that's lost the conference title game has lost the bowl game. But you go into the Rose Bowl this year, you'd be going as a winner. Yeah, absolutely. There's no no playoff team. You're not going to backdoor it after a conference Everybody would be completely and totally fired up. So, no, I don't anticipate that if it were to happen. It's a long ways away, but no. Unless Ohio State stumbles again and doesn't get in the playoff. But my guess is they'll get in the playoff. Somehow, we'll still find Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Georgia. The, the polls are, I know they don't matter, but it's foreshadowing yeah. what is to come when the selection committee yeah. starts issuing their rankings. Find an excuse to move the one-loss teams up. They're in front of unbeaten teams in Power 5 leagues. They're in front of teams they've lost to. They want to move them up, so they're moving them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the we, voters are playing right along. <laughs> just... And obviously, uh, uh, Georgia and Oklahoma deserve it. Oklahoma's got this new stunning quarterback, and Georgia's defense is an iron curtain. Oh, I got no issues with Georgia, number yeah. one. That's not the point. The The point is... No, that, so you're playing for two bids. Yes. And Ohio State's going to get one of them, like they always do. <laughs> Will Bama get the other if they lose to Georgia and get a second loss? Uh, yes. Yeah, you got me there, so maybe. Yeah. Oh, you think they will? Two-loss Alabama's going to get in? 
Okay. Well, if, if it's we know, haven't like, seen a two loss team in yet. If there's That's a, like if there's the a line. Question, real tight game, yeah. If there's a if there's any question about what two loss team will get in, Texas will be San Antonio bad. continues undefeated. Hey, go no. Roadrunners! <laughs> no, 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 no. Or Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati. Grayson McCall, welcome to the Cotton Bowl. Actually, I watched. The, I final. was watching Cincinnati. Just destroy Central Florida. I'm flicking back and forth because it was Saturday morning yeah. and you had uh, Oklahoma there. Oklahoma State, I mean. So I was watching. Then Oklahoma State is a team to watch out for too. Uh, but I only think there's going to be one out of the Big Twelve. It's either going to be it's going to be one of the Oklahomas. But Cincinnati looked awesome. They are legit. So I would love to see them get. I was surprised there. you stuck with that game because they just. Well, I was. Out. I wasn't. I was just bouncing yeah. back and forth. Checking in to see how many more touchdowns. Yeah, I, and scored. I changed over as the as the other yeah. game got uh, more intense. But it was early to watch those uh, the Cincinnati because I wanted to get a feel for Cincinnati, and they looked really really good. good. Yeah. DJ PK and Rod joining us from Landright Mortgage. They've got a freedom loan closing costs. Not something you got to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just looking at uh, some of the local banks and credit unions and comparing their rates uh, here this morning. Uh, largest credit union in the state is at a 3% interest rate with over $7,100 in closing costs, where with LendRight Mortgage, we can get you a rate as low as 2.875% and cover 100% of your closing costs. So not only covering all the closing costs, but also getting you an eighth of a percent better on the interest rate. So over the life of the loan, that'll save you tens of thousands of dollars in the upfront closing costs plus the lower interest. So other lenders can't compete with this because they think people think, well, everyone's getting the, the, the money from the feds and then they all pretty much do the same thing, but everybody isn't doing the same thing. Yeah, that's the... The beauty of working with an independent mortgage broker is, is we we can shop the whole network of the best lenders in the country, and then we use our volume discounts to help get you a lower rate and fee combination that other lenders, they just can't touch it. All of our lending is digital. We do it everything online except for the actual closing at the very end. So our business model just allows us a lower cost of business, and we just pass that along to our clients. Saves them tens of thousands of dollars. And you're working with people who buy and people who refinance? Absolutely. Yeah, if you're buying, refinancing, need some cash out, want to consolidate debt, now is definitely the time to do it before the Federal Reserve stops their fiscal stimulus that has driven the rates down as low as they are right now. So definitely time to act if you're looking to buy or refi. So where do people uh, get a hold of you? What's the best way to do it? Yeah, we've got a great team that can take care of you. If you want to call us, uh, phone number is easy, 801-APPROVE, or you can visit us on the Internet at LendRightMortgage.com. 801-APPROVE is the phone number to call. 801-APPROVE or LendRightMortgage.com. Thank you, Rod. Thank you. Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Cook puts it down. Wright kicks it up. The 53-yarder is good. Good. Go! 
good! Wright has made it! The Jaguars have won it! Steps up in the pocket, he'll fade to the end zone for KJ! Caught! And touchdown! And the Minnesota Vikings have walked off on the Carolina Panthers! And the Vikings beat Carolina! 28. Tyler back to throw, fires to the end zone on the right side for A.J. Green, who caught it. Touchdown, A.J. Green, one-on-one, a fade, and it's dropped in a bucket for Kyler Murray's fourth touchdown pass of the day, and the Cardinals just put the stake in the Browns. First off, how are you feeling when your arm's in a sling? How bad is it? Feels like Worse than the first time? Probably. You know what? I'm MRIs and stuff tomorrow, so we'll be able to find out more. Do you have a sense if you'll be able to keep playing through this thing? I do. You will be able to keep playing through it? Yes. A lot of quarterback talk right there. There's Aaron Rodgers screaming at Bears fans. I, I own you. still own you. 22-5 and five against the Bears. Had a big playoff win on the way to a Super Bowl against the Bears. And they handle the Bears once again, 24-14. He throws for two and then runs for the last touchdown to ice the game, and then he's he's yelling at the fans. You also heard in there Baker Mayfield, Browns quarterback with his arm in a sling, separated non-throwing shoulder, but he expects to be able to play dislocated. Dislocated, but he has no plans to miss any game time. Can keep grinding it out. Threw a Hail Mary at halftime, but that was just a footnote as the Cardinals roll 37-14 and improved to 6-0, the only undefeated team in the NFL. You got them on a tier above these one-loss teams, or they're just a contender in the mix? I think they're a contender in the mix because they don't have any history, but they've got a lot of talent. You know, they got a lot of offensive weapons. Hopkins, I think, is the best receiver in the game. Picked up A.J. Green, Christian Kirk. They got Zach Ernst as a tight end from Cleveland, one of those, or not Cleveland, Philadelphia, one of those uh, Stanford kids who's really good, and I think his wife's on the U.S. women's soccer team. Juilliards. Yep. And so he's pretty good. Uh, so they've got a lot of weapons. Uh, Murray's coming to his own, uh, but yet they don't have a lot of history together. So uh, it's they're very good. You can't get off to a better start than 6-0. But yeah, I just don't feel like you can put anyone on it. Top shelf alone at this point in the NFL season. So many things can happen. Baltimore looks really good on the other side. Agreed. They do. And they dominated the Chargers 34-6. to I thought they were going to win. I didn't have any idea they'd just blow them off the field like that. And so really the only team that would stack up with them in the AFC right now, the Bills. Jacksonville. They're 1-0. Funny man. Have they played every game out of the continental U.S.? Did they lose? They got to play every game against the 1-5 and five Miami Dolphins. And Urban is, is an unreported story, but he stayed back in London to attend to some business. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Catch up with you later, guys. <laughs> I'll be right back. Nobody knows me over here. Imagine what trouble I can get into. <laughs> yeah. Other 5-1 and one teams, you buying the Cowboys? They're better than I thought, yeah. So uh, I, I'll give I'm, you better than you thought, but I didn't know if you put them on the on the top level. Right now, I think they've earned it. It was a long season. Check back in a month or two. Lost to the Bucks, beat the Chargers. Those are their big games. Since then, they've been playing teams they're pretty much supposed to beat. Everybody does. It's the NFL, man. They all count the same. Cowboys... 
Packers, Bucks, all five and one in the NFC, along with the Rams. So you got the six and zero Cardinals, and then four teams of five and one, and everybody else chasing that group of five. And I definitely buy the Rams. Yeah, Rams just they may not win the, the division, Giants. but I buy them. Yeah, well, you don't have to win the division to win the Super Bowl. That's been proven. Chiefs get a win. Take down Washington 31-13 with a big second half. Patrick Mahomes throwing a few more picks than he used to. He really threw one up for grabs. Literally yeah, just threw it up in He's the air. He got eight and he only had six all last season. Right. We talked about it afterward. You got to stop that. The defense, well, it'll look good against Washington. We'll see if it holds up against anybody else. The Raiders beat the Broncos their first game without John Gruden. So the Raiders now 4-2 and two and tied with the Chargers atop the division. And Denver and Kansas City are 3-3 three and three right there. Uh, enough of the good teams. Let's talk about the bad teams. Detroit's 0-6. The head coach is calling out the quarterback. They just traded for the quarterback. Got to step up. Hey, Greg Landry ain't walking through that door. Ooh, old school. Well, 0-6 looks like 0-7 because they got the Rams. So, good luck with that. And the Jaguars' 20-game streak is over in London. So, there you go. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Thornton wide left. Sneed wide right. Hand off Abram Smith to the five. And just shy of the goal. Oh, they're pushing him in. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop him. Smith, he's into the end zone for the Baylor touchdown. Straight eye behind Bohannon, fakes the handoff, gonna throw it, he's got it, touchdown! Oh, it's Dylan Doyle! A second homecoming special! Crowd making noise, pressure, sack, balls on the ground, who's got the fumble? Baylor's got the fumble recovery! Jalen Petrie comes out of there with the pumpkin! Handoff, Abram Smith, Smith through the hole, he is in! Touchdown! Abram Smith. Abram Smith, 27 carries, 188 yards, three scores. Baylor runs for 303 yards. The ex-BYU coaches who moved down there, they must have that old line fixed. Mateos, Grimes, they ran it, they ran it, and they ran it some more. Yeah, I stomped them, man. Just couldn't stop it. This is a surprise to the level of success that they had. BYU was outclassed in that game. I I can't say it any other way. 534 yards they gave up in that game. An end zone interception, a couple of fourth down stops. Baylor could have been on their way to 50 points the way they're moving the ball, but a couple of big plays there by BYU kept the game within reach for a while. Right. But 38-24, Puka Nakua. Five catches, 167 yards, three deep balls. He was the star of the game offensively. They couldn't run it. Tyler Algier, 15 carries for 33 yards. There was nothing there in the ground game. They had the one big run play on fourth down for a touchdown. Kalani sure got excited. Jaron Hall took off. Fun play. Yeah. Yep. But that's back-to-back losses now, although this loss felt a lot different than the Boise State loss. But Well, you blew it in Boise State. You got blown out of Baylor. Two different deals. 5-2 and two BYU is now headed to Washington State, where they're actually a... One-point favorite at Wazoo next week. one thirty on FS1. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag Utah State. Only a three-man front. They fake the handoff. Looking to throw. Looking deep. Wide open on the far sideline. Caught. Yes, sir. Utah State touchdown. Devin Tompkins and the Aggies get on the board here in the second quarter. And this one, Scarver will take at the goal line. Here we go. To the 10, 15, has some field to the 25, bounces the outside. Here we go. Savon Scarver is going to go the distance. 15, 10, 5, there's that man. Holy smokes. Savon Scarver takes it 99 yards for the touchdown. Three receivers to the far. Noah stays in a running back. One receiver to the near. It's Derek Wright, who's been great on this drive. They'll hand off to Noah. Noah to the five. Noah into the end zone. And that is a Utah State touchdown. 35 seconds left in the game. The Aggies pull it out. His voice broke a little bit there. He did. (laughs) Getting a little strained there late in the game. 28-24. The Aggies get the win over UNLV. Flirted with danger the entire game. All four of their wins. They've wiped out double-digit deficits to prevail. They've trailed by double digits in every single game they Yeah, played. I was nervous for them, man. That thing seemed to just go on and on and on. But they got it done. I guess that's all that matters. Why are people kicking off to Scarver? What is going on there? Because you have to kick and he's deep. You could hit a low knuckler down the middle of the field. How about a high knuckler? You risk him getting under it and catching and running it back. But knucklers are tough to catch. True story. So I'd rather have could, a high knuckler than an end over kick, If you could kick the high knuckler, <laughs> which wasn't a thing until about 10 seconds ago. <laughs> and then they kicked it off to him the next time. I, maybe nobody at UNLV's heard, but he's run a bunch of those things back. Who was it like? Uh, it was, uh, Reggie, was it Reggie Dunn at Utah against Colorado? Yeah. And they kicked they off. They kicked him. <laughs> he ran two of them back. Here, we'll kick off to you it's again. 35-35. You can't do, do that again. again. Oh, brother. <laughs> Bad coaching decisions. So the Aggies are 4-2 and two now, and they are playing Colorado State, who's the only team in the division that doesn't have a loss yeah, yet. first place. Huh? Boise State's got two losses. See you later. Air Force and Utah State each have one, and Utah State's got the tiebreaker on Air Force after winning in Colorado Springs. So Huge game. This is a massive game for the Aggies. If they get it, they got the inside track to the division title. Agreed. Friday night in Logan, 7.30, CBS Sports Network, USU and CSU. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Daniels slings it wide open, touchdown. And that's Conyers, the tight end. Daniels in the pocket, slings one, and it is caught with a big hit at the end. And Hodges hung on to the football, touchdown. And that one is right inside the five, two feet of the On first and goal, wide open, caught, and a walk-in touchdown. I don't know how you lose Brant Keithy. He's supposed to be your Where's Waldo guy. Exactly. The Utes score 28 unanswered points. They beat Arizona State 35-21. They're in first place in the Pac-12 South. Cam Rising, 8 of 18 with two picks in the first half. But in the second half... 13 of 15, two touchdowns, and they come roaring back to win. The Utah running game 
63 yards in the first half, 145 in the second. Totally different game. Coaches will tell you there's no perfect game, PK, but that was a perfect half. Both teams had four possessions. The Utes got four touchdowns, and ASU scored zero points. Yeah, I can't ask for much more for sure. Yeah, changed the tide. I thought that first possession when they scored, you know, okay, this is a ball game. They got everybody ramped up. The The crowd was amped up. They got a stop, and scoreboard didn't reflect it, but the momentum of the game had changed completely, and it looked like it was Utah was in the driver's seat, and sure enough, they blew them out. Scored on all four possessions in the second half and ride that wave. Devon Vele's making one-handed catches. Cam Rising's running away from people on touchdowns. I thought that touchdown run, I mean, the USC touchdown run was good, but this one was better. And he heads up the middle, he sees a guy coming, and he just cuts right and outruns the guy. Turn yeah, on the speed. He, he just doesn't gone. look it, but he's got it. Got speed, Absolutely he's got deception, got he's got moves. He's a very, very impressive player. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks who can plant their foot and make that cut and just run away from a guy like that. I'm, I'm touting him for Heisman. Utes run for over 200 yards in the game. That's Kyle Winningham football right there. Defense also completely flipped the script in the second half after giving up 288 yards and only gave up 97. And just yeah. one sack after another. Team doesn't score. That's can, that's the goal. Yeah, Blank them. Whatever stats are there. So now nice. it's Oregon State. Four and two Oregon State. Four and two Utah. Got a feel on the line on that game? Oh, I think it'd probably be Utes by three or so. Utes by three and a half. 5.30 on the Pac-12 Network next week. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Play clock down to three. First and goal. Sanders takes a snap, keeps it. Cuts back left inside the five, and he goes into the end zone. Pistols firing. Touchdown, Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders. Johnson takes the snap, fakes the handoff, now rolls, throws. Jeray Jenkins at the five. Right corner of the end zone. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. One-yard touchdown pass. O'Connell throws to the end zone. He's got a man out there. It's caught. It's a touchdown. David Bell with another reception. And the Boilermakers are blowing it open. Williams, he will keep it. Runs left. Makes a cut outside. Wow. 35-30. Down the sidelines. 25-20. 15 to the 10. Cuts midfield to the 5. That was spectacular. Caleb Williams. 41 yards. What a run. Highlights from college football. Is there a weirder story this year than Oklahoma switching quarterbacks and yet remaining undefeated? The year NIL debuts and they got Rattler who seemed like a sure thing and he's benched and they're playing better without him. Back to blowing people out instead of squeaking out one score wins in the teens and 20s. Yeah, it's an amazing story. A freshman, no less, coming in there and just taking the world by storm. Wow. And the vet who was projected to be Heisman favorite, number one pick, is benched. You'd imagine if uh, you know it's a little bit of a Jalen Hurts thing with uh, Tagovailoa there back in the uh, one the last few years back when her uh, Jalen was benched in the national title game. So you'd think that Rattler would be on his way here. Best for for him, it's best to stay the season. It would be a bad look if he took off now. Oklahoma beats TCU 52-31 to stay undefeated. 12th-ranked Oklahoma State stays undefeated. Coming from behind to beat Texas. Talking about ASU's second-half problems. Texas with second-half problems two weeks in a row. First Oklahoma, now Oklahoma State. Running them down and beating them at the end. 
Is, is this who Sarkeesian is? Seven and six in Washington. Yeah. Georgia looks awesome. Beat previously undefeated Kentucky. Remain undefeated. Remain number one. And Cincinnati, now number two. A group of five team headed for the playoff. Just keep winning. Don't give them any excuses. They didn't fool around with UCF, man. They they took it to those guys. They did. Look good. Gus Melzon afterwards, a former Auburn coach who's played in the SEC. They're legit. They're the real deal. He had all kinds of praise for Cincinnati. LSU head coach Ed Orgeron will step aside at the end of the season. Announcement coming just hours after the Tigers upset Florida 49-42. Knocked the 20th ranked Gators out of the polls. No teams from Florida ranked now for the first time in a decade. LSU will pay Orgeron the remaining $16.95 million left in his contract. He says he's going to finish this year and take next year off. Oh, I got enough to buy a hamburger, don't I? Yes, you do. <laughs> or a few thousand. <laughs> buy a franchise, have your own place. Good call. I don't need to with that kind of money, man. I'll just sit back and do some fishing, maybe coach some ball down the road. You know, I'll have to see what's available there. That's not bad. You got to admit it. Oh, I like it. I was letting you go. This <laughs> is much more intelligent than his is, though. I didn't try to cut you off. I didn't try to just let you go. No, I cut you off, remember. You don't buy me out. I buy you no, out. No, but you, I cut you off. That's that. That's. Oh, I know. That's part of the manifesto. I know. know. Yeah, yeah. Everybody oh, says Believe me, I know. It's in my soul. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Phoenix Suns giving uh, Bridges four years and $90 million on his contract extension. He'll be owed $22.5 million a season beginning in 2022-23. I'm about a lot of tacos with that. <laughs> Phoenix. Phoenix. Mexican food. Yeah, Mexican connection. No burgers? No. Oh, Mexican he can buy burgers and tacos. Phoenix is close to the border burgers. state. Mexican food. It all goes together. Doc Rivers says uh, Ben Simmons, when he's ready, he'll play. He practiced Sunday, faced his teammates for the first time since the trade demand. I thought he was holding out, man. He wasn't going to report. Too much money. You got to report. Can't walk away from all that cash. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Line drive. That is through. It gets through. Here comes Dansby. Lightning strikes twice. And the Braves walk it off. This is unbelievable. And the Braves win it and they go up 2-0 in the series. They had the shift on PK. Get your body in front of the ball and knock it down. How about the fundamentals? Backhand, short, hop. Couldn't pick it. Ball goes into center field. That's the ball game. You're speaking of Seager there. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, was a, it was a rope, though. Absolutely. Hard hit. Rosario. Uh, so, yeah, now they've won two walk-offs. So, um, they were up on the Dodgers this last year, and they lost that way. So, we'll see what happens here as they head back to Los Angeles. Some questionable pitching decisions, starting Scherzer. He said his arm felt tired. Bringing in Urias as not uh, a reliever and bringing him in a high-leverage situation when you got guys. It seemed like the Dodgers got one guy after another to throw 100 miles an hour. So Roberts will have to answer for that, and he's already been doing that. But uh, now the Dodgers have to win 4-5, to five or they're done. It'd be a shame. 
ALCF, ALCS moving to Boston. They are tied 1-1. Red Sox and Astros, game three tonight, 6 o'clock on FS1. And the Red Sox just absolutely bashing the ball on Saturday. Grand slam, another grand slam, a solo shot. That's three right there. Let's see, that's four, eight. That's nine runs, if my, my math is correct. That was very good math by you. Congratulations. Four, four, and one. Sounds like Real's record here. We'll probably get to that here in a bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And did you know the Atlanta Braves, their pitching coach, I faced him in high school? I did not know that. Yeah, Rick Kranitz. Went to Apollo. Won a state championship, I believe. You took him to the gap, no doubt. Ah, uh, yeah, because he wanted to buy a new pair of bell bottoms, maybe. Hey, oh. <laughs> Yacht didn't like that. He's hurrying us along now. Guitar as hell. See, the gap was a genius. I see. I, I got it. Yeah. And there's tacos and tracks. Thank you. I made contact out of them, which for me was a win. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL beating the Rapids. 3 1 the final. Demir Krylock, Rubio Rabin, Anderson Julio tallying goals. Anderson Julio scoring in stoppage time to put the game away. How much has he been actually called Julio Anderson in his life? I bet you a time or two. Possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a number for you on that. And they won a trophy, right? We got a trophy with Colorado. Rocky Mountain Cup. There it is. Legendary. What's a bigger rivalry? RSL and the Rapids or the Buffaloes and the Utes? RSL and the Rapids. RSL and the Rapids. There's no pulse. Yeah, there's no pulse for Utah and Colorado. We should put that on Twitter. One of your poll spiels. We'll wait for uh, Utah and uh, Colorado to play Thanksgiving weekend. Okay, I'll be here. RSL now five games in 16 days. They needed that win. Pretty much everybody in the playoff race with them picked up a win. Minnesota won. It was a big win for Minnesota. LAFC won. So a lot of teams chasing them. Got the full three points. RSL needed to do it too, and they, they get it done. Colorado hitting the frame twice and a 3-1 loss. All right, there you go. There are the headlines. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman, will join us next. Time right now. To bring in Rod, he has been joining us this morning to talk about Lendright Mortgage and their freedom loans. You got a deal for people this morning, Rod. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best ways to save money when you're buying or refinancing is minimize those closing costs. Well, at Lendright Mortgage, we've been able to design the freedom loans specifically to help you out uh, when you're in a purchase environment like we're in where prices are really high and there's multiple offers on a property, we can actually cover all of your closing costs for you. So you can put that money towards a larger down payment and not have to ask the seller for closing costs. So we help our clients be more competitive on the purchase side of things. And then also when you're refinancing, one of the big drawbacks is adding closing costs to your new loan amount. Well, we use the Freedom Loan 
absolutely zero closing costs are added to that new balance. So we can save you money through that lower charge up front and get you the same or lower interest rate than what you'd get from other lenders. And you've got rates in the ones now. That is a staggeringly low number. Yeah. If you, if you take uh, an interest rate in the ones and compare that to uh, a term, especially if you've got a, a longer term, if you've got a 20 or a 30 year term right now, you can drop that balance down to a 1.75% interest rate and do that on an eight to a 15 year term. That'll literally, if you've got a loan balance of 250,000 or more, that can cut six figures in interest saved off of your loans. So, so huge savings and yeah, rates as low as 1.75% on those terms of eight to 15 years. So how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, just give us a call. We've got a great team that uh, can take care of you, answer any questions. 801 Approve is the phone number and lenderightmortgage.com on the internet. 801 Approve. 801 Approve or lenderightmortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. So I'm trying to get my phone to not call me Hans. All right, try it again. Don't call me Hans. Okay, what should I call you? Hans. You'd like me to call you Hats. Is that right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hans. You'd like me to call you Pants. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing. Like Lance or Dance. What is my name, Google? Your name is Hans. God, stupid, dumb thing. Could you call me Hans, Ned? You'd like me to call you Handsome. Is that right? Well, it's better than Hans, yeah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day, presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, time to welcome in Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. Nick joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner, Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Nick, I was listening to the postgame after the Utes, and Kyle Whittingham was very impressed with his offensive line play. Kyle is not easily impressed. Take a little extra pride in that performance and the way that went? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, our boys grinded it out, um, you know, kept a straight head, even though, you know, we faced a lot of adversity in the game and even just in season in general, and uh, we did what we were capable of. Take us inside the locker room, inside the huddle. What is Cam Rising like, and why is he so successful? Uh... He's just a confident, vibrant guy. I mean, uh, he likes to joke around a lot. Um, I mean, we even like in the games, you know, we'll, we'll be joking on a sideline or maybe cracking the huddle. You know, just keep keep things, you know, light, keep a straight mind, and you know, not get caught up on uh, what happened on a play or whatever. And uh, I think that's what's most important. Sometimes people like to qualify quarterbacks. Or they like to qualify white guys who are fast. But I thought when Cam went on that touchdown run, he's running up the middle. He looks like he's about to get blasted. He cuts and goes outside, and he just runs away from an unblocked guy. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, no, Cam, Cam is uh, sneaky fast. Like, I remember the first time we saw him run, we were like, why, why the hell is he running like that? Like, he, he's running <laughs> weird. But then, like, when you watch him run, you're like, hold on, he, he's moving though. Let's see, they're moving. <laughs> We talk about guys having swag. Uh, it, it looks like he has it. Would you agree? Oh, can for so. Why? How does he get it? What makes him have it? Uh, I don't know. I I just think I just think it's just like confidence and like you know just talking it like just the way he talks and carries himself. Uh, I think it's just a a him thing. Not even like an on the field thing, but just you know. The type of person it is, the individual he is, he's a good guy and uh, very confident. Did the confidence waver at all? Eight of eighteen at halftime, two interceptions. The first drive was great, but everything after that was quite really kind of a mess. Uh, I mean, like I said, you know, it, it's a little adversity, and the most important thing is to keep a straight mind and continue to grind it out, and you know, uh, perform like you're capable of, and not dwell on you know what's happened. So I thought that the first two drives of the second half were the most important because you guys scored and then the defense held ASU. And at that point, it seemed to me, all right, you guys are not only back in this game, but you have an excellent chance to win. Did you see it that same way? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, in the locker room, I was I was telling everyone, uh, you know, I, I told them, look, you know, I'm not going to give no speech, but this moment's going to define us and who do, who do you want to be, right? We have, we have two options. We go out there and score two times, two quarters, and we win because I know our defense is going to stop them, or we don't. So who, who, what's going to, you know, you're you're the one who's going to be defined by your own actions. So what are you going to do? And um, everyone bought in, and uh, everyone you know made sure they they were defined the way they wanted to be defined. Nick Ford joining us, University of Utah offensive lineman. What did Kyle say to the team at halftime? Uh, pretty much the same thing, you know. He said that uh, it's definitely some adversity. Um, he said that, you know, we'll be slugging them out for an hour, which we knew we would. Uh, and that's how we go into every every game is no matter win or lose, you know, we're going to play for 60 minutes. And he said, you know, the first 30 minutes is up and we're going to go out there. We've got the ball. We've got to come out and score. And you got to put up some points, stop them on D, put up some more points and get it rolling. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah, going forward now, you guys are in the driver's seat, but I would imagine you really can't look at it that way. Uh, hey, man, we take, we take things one, one game at a time. You know what I mean? We got Oregon State this week, and, uh, you know, we're in a blessed position, and um, it's, it's all about Oregon State. So they are 4-2, and two, and I think that uh, anyone who's being honest says they're a little bit of a surprise, and some people would probably say they're a big surprise. Mm-hmm. What do you think um, when you see them play? You know, I got I got respect for that program. I got a couple friends over there. Um, you know, they haven't done well in years past, but like I said, that's years past. And they have athletes over there who are more than capable. And it's clearly showing that this year, you know, they're using their capability and their their um, you know their uh, chance, and they're you know they're taking advantage of it. They're a good team. They're good athletes. They got kids on scholarship too. It's a D1 Pac-12 program. So I mean. It doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. Um, if you look at their history, it will surprise me. But if you look at their players and how, you know, good people are, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at the same time. You know, they're just figuring out what to do and how to do it. 
Yeah, is it more in this conference? Because it's been kind of crazy. You guys have escaped it. But there's been a lot of surprises. And so is it the mindset of well, pretty much anybody could beat anybody at any given time on a Saturday? So you have to be ready for whomever you're playing? Oh, 100%. I mean, that, and that's the story of the Pac-12, you know, the dog, dog world over here. And I mean, this year, regardless, I mean, you look at the CFB, you look at the SEC, ACC, I mean, they're – you cannot take any game for granted at this point. I mean, I don't even think maybe Georgia, like they're the only ones that can really say like they're not worried, but like every team in the country is beating on each other. So, I mean, especially in the Pac-12, that's always how it is. So, yeah. So, uh, what are you, what are your links to Oregon State guys? Who, who are the guys and what are the ties? How'd you get to know them? Uh, it was back when, you know, the Pac-12 players were – talking, making sure that we were taken care of and healthy and all that. Uh, I got, grew really close. i say the closest is my boy, uh, Jaden, Jaden Grant. He's their uh, safety there. He's a real good guy. I was actually talking to him last night and uh, joking around with them and, you know, talking about, oh, we'll see you soon. And, uh, you know, he's just a good guy. Um, and then I met some other people over there. Most of the people who I do know are gone from a year and year uh, two years ago um, playing in high school together uh, I say Jaden is uh, the closest to us I probably text weekly or bi-weekly and, you know we have a good relationship You've got a couple of games you can put in the ASU game put in the San Diego State t- game where the team has started slow in the first half and then turned it on in the second half anything that can be done maybe to avoid the slower starts uh, yes and no. I mean, you know, it's always a, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's just every game is different. Uh, I mean, you look, like you said, look at some games, you start out slow and then you pick it up. And then you look at other games like SC was, you know, the complete opposite. And, um, I think that's partly on the game plan. It's partly on, uh, the players. It's partly on a lot of things. And, you know, our ultimate goal is to come out fast and have every game be like SC, but, you know, adversity is a real thing, and every team we play has kids on scholarships as well who will make plays and, you know, are talented. So um, it's a, you know, it's a hit or miss, and you always want to come out fast, and when it doesn't happen, you got to face that adversity and switch the tide. Well, you're in first place now. All eyes are on you. Oregon State is uh, tied for first in the other division. That makes this a huge game. We'll look forward to it Saturday night. Good luck, Nick. Appreciate it. It'll be fun. Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Don't think of it as a first-place showdown, a battle of division leaders, and yet they are 2-1 and one in conference, tied with Oregon, who's also 2-1. and one. Uh, yeah, speaking of the Beavers, obviously, uh, sure. A little bit of a mystery. Not sure what to expect from them. Uh, you know, obviously, the game being over there, so maybe that can provide a little bit of an advantage. Uh, I still look at the Utes being able to win this game, definitely. Uh, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Going forward, um, obviously, you have to stay in the moment, though, because... Next week's game is bigger if you buy that, even though they all count the same. So maybe you don't buy that, and if you don't buy that, you're fine not buying it. Um, because if you lose this week, uh, does doesn't decrease the level of importance, but 
you know, maybe ramifications aren't involved. The point I'm making is you really got to be focused at the task at hand for these guys. Uh, and maybe because uh, in, in a weird way, in, in, a, in a way that the, the, the tragedies that have hit this program, unimaginable as they may be, maybe that's helping a focus. Uh, we talked about maybe they would lose their focus, but maybe that's not the case. Maybe that's focused them and brought them closer and all that stuff. That's what that's what Kyle was indicating yeah, after the game. Right. You can make a case for that. And it's hard for me to play, you know, amateur psychologist. Uh, but if he feels that way, he certainly would be much more in tune to it than I would. A couple of the players indicated the same thing. It wasn't just wasn't just Kyle. Sure. And so maybe there's some legitimacy there too. Maybe that's a fact, and it's just the way it is that it has brought them into focus and appreciation and all those types of things because there's young kids and you don't normally don't face death of peers when you're that young you know obviously it happens when you get older but uh, a lot of different ways you can go but on the field man they're certainly playing inspiring football there's no question about that DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, coming up at 9.30 to talk about yet another come-from-behind win, another double-digit deficit erased, and another win for the Aggies. That's at 9.30 right here on The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. BYU hits the road to Pac-12 country as Kalani Sataki and the Cougars square off against Washington State in Pullman. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Line drive. That is through. It gets through. Here comes Dansby. Lightning strikes twice. And the Braves walk it off. This is unbelievable. And the Braves win it and they go up 2-0 in the series. That's your Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450. You're going to win fabulous prizes on the big show. So, PK, yeah. the Utes are 3-0. They are. You're feeling great about the Utes. Or Arizona State's a mess. USC's a mess. Washington State didn't have their starting quarterback. Yeah, 3-0 because that's who they played and haven't really beaten anybody any good. How much uh, faith? There isn't anybody any good, though. Good news. Who's really good? Now, they may be good on a given Saturday. That is something. You're that answering your own that. question right there. So Oregon State yeah, is good enough yeah. to be really good on a given Saturday. They are. Yeah. And UCLA is good enough to be really good on a given Saturday. Yes. And I wouldn't throw Oregon out with yesterday's trash either. Because they can beat you 24-17. They, they got enough athletes. They, they play good enough you. defense. Yeah, they can beat you. Yeah. But they're not super. They I don't, don't have fear any the of quarterback and the Nothing. star running back to go hang 40 on people routinely like we've known Oregon to do. Yeah, Dye's a good uh, running back, but uh, Verdell's done. And I, I've ne- I never believed in Brown. I just To me, Thompson's their guy. Get to him already. But the pressure at Oregon is so immense to win now. You can't ever play for next year. Uh it just doesn't work that way uh, at, at Oregon. They, they've been just invested too much money. 
they're not going to get where they want to go. Uh, but the idea of, well, let's play the quarterback and uh, freshman and take our lumps now. Nope. Utah can get away with that. Put in Tyler Huntley as a sophomore over Troy Williams. You can't get away with that at Oregon. Too much money being dumped into it. Expectations too high for that. So I don't think they're a great team by any stretch. They're imminently beatable. Uh, but on a given Saturday, maybe they put it together, get a turnover or two. This is football. It's college football, no less. There's not a lot of separation from number one to number 10 in this conference. We saw that with Cal. Cal's considered number 10. He's got Arizona and Colorado on the bottom. Conceding that they are bad. Yeah, and then uh, most folks would put Cal at number 10. Well, they gave Oregon everything they could possibly want on Friday night, literally right down to the end, right? They got an experienced quarterback in Garbers. So who's to say? And plus you got Stanford in there too that they're sort of running in place at times. And they they can be a difficult out themselves. Ask Oregon. For sure, yeah. They always seem to beat Oregon. They've, they're they're one and three in their last four, and the one is Oregon. But UCLA got them, ASU got them, and now Washington State beat them. But they mm-hmm. got Oregon. Yeah. And they got a firepower. The conference is mediocre this season, but in a way, that makes it entertaining because you're not sure. And you can have within the very same game, the Devils, the first half, oh, they look like the best team in the conference. Well, these guys are a bunch of penalty-ridden, pass-dropping bozos in the second half. And come on, same game, and the announcers are going, they're the best team in the conference. they got a shot at the playoff. I'm Shot the playoff. <laughs> playoff? <laughs> when have they ever had a legitimate... Playoff? They are who they are. Uh, but in a given time, they may look okay. And, you know, the win over the Bruins in, in the Rose Bowl was nice. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so they may rise up and get you for a little bit. But Utah, as long as it does what it does in place consistently... Right now, today, this morning, on October 18th, I, ra- I rank them as the favorite to get to the Rose Bowl. And that's Win not the putting any pressure on them. Win the Pac-12 South first. This has, and then worry about the Rose Bowl. See how healthy you are when you get there and yeah, who you're playing. Right, and that's you making that statement because yes. that's the conservative nature, and this is me with the outrageous statement. That's why it works because <laughs> you play it safe. You're down the middle. I'm going to take it above that. And I'm not heaping any pressure. This has nothing to do with fandom. I'm not you. I'm, I, I don't sit up at night and stress over these games. They just I go to bed and I'm just fine either way. Uh, but I can't help but think it, that right now I put them as the favorite to go to the Rose Bowl. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 Zone. It's time to... Bring Rod back in from Lindwright Mortgage. He's got a deal. He's got a freedom loan that if you are buying or refinancing, well, you're going to want to hear the details on this one. Tell them about it, Rod. Yeah, the great news is that freedom loan, the secret's kind of out here in the state of Utah. You can come to Lindwright Mortgage, and we can get you a rate that's just as good and oftentimes better than what you'll find from other lenders, banks, credit unions. And we can cover 100% of your closing costs, like say, get you the same or better interest rate. So comparing the two largest credit unions in the state this morning, I ran an apples to apples scenario. 
with the largest credit union. We can get you an eight better interest rate and save you $7,100 in upfront closing costs. And with the second largest credit union, we're at the same interest rate where they're charging 8,800 in closing costs. We have a a rate that's 2.875 and we cover 100% of your closing costs. So perfect way to save a ton of money on your refinance or purchase. Depending on where people are, you might have a rate in the ones for them. Yeah, if you're on a a longer term loan and uh, you're wanting to pay that loan off sooner, you can get a term of eight to 15 years with us and we can get you a rate as low as 1.75%. So it can save you a ton in interest. Uh, If you compare a 30 year term on a $400,000 mortgage, at 3%, you'll pay 207,000 in interest over the life of that loan, where if you can switch that to a 15 year at 1.75%, it drops your interest paid down to 55,000. So literally $152,000 in savings over the life of the loan to be on a 15 year term at 1.75%. So if people want to ask you specific situations based on uh, you know where they are and what they have going on, how do they get a hold of you to find out more? Yeah, just give us a call. We've got a great team that can run all the numbers for you, show you all of your loan options. Uh, call us at 801-APPROVE or visit us at LendRightMortgage.com. LendRightMortgage.com or call one eight. Excuse me. Call eight zero one approve eight zero one approve or online at lendrightmortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level Six during Jazz games, where there are free pop a shot games, cornhole and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. Question of the day. Utah is all alone in first place. Utah State breaks a two-game losing streak. BYU has lost two in a row. What do you make of all of that? Travis says, I make the following. Utah's alone in first place. Utah State's broken a two-game losing streak, and BYU probably needs to do the same. Other than that, there isn't much more to make of it unless you want to stir the pot and draw more attention to your radio show. (laughs) Or in other words... Discuss what's going on and what could possibly happen. I don't know. We're doing a sports talk show. Do you think we should talk about three college football games? Yeah. Because you have BYU and Utah State, and even Utah to an extent, their seasons are in the balance in terms of is it a very good season? Is it a good season? Is it an excellent season? Because both clubs have only lost two games. Right? So there's time to run the, some more. Run the table and go 10-2. and two. Or do that. Yes. Or somewhere in between. Or slump and finish 7-5. and five. Yeah, I don't forecast that uh, for either of those ball clubs, particularly when you look at the scheduling. You wouldn't think. I'm a little dismayed that uh, it took right down to the end for the Aggies to win, but they did win, so it's better than losing for sure. BYU's got a couple of gimmies on their schedule, but when you start, f- what, 5-0, uh, and zero, ranked 10th, you're dreaming. You can't help but dream. So for them, you know, where's it going to be? I think they got two victories for sure going forward. When they got uh, five games left, right? They're five and two, so they got five games left. So they got three games are in the balance. 
You know, when you went 3-0 and against the South, you don't want to go 3-0 and going forward. Uh, oh, you don't want to be 0-4 in your games uh, against non-Pac-12 Power 5 teams. So I guess they've, they have two more, so that wouldn't count. Uh, but what are you going to do? And Utah, uh, you know, I've been pumping them up. I think they're the favorite to get to the Rose Bowl. And I actually do think they're going to get there this year. But we've seen in prior years them stumbling in November's. But I just don't think the level of competition around them is unstumbleable themselves. So the, uh, the, the unstumbleable? Yeah, it's a you movie. You barely even say that. The unstumbleables. Oh, that was so hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> they cracked me up. So they're going to I stumble. I think what you're team. getting the, to is the they competitors got, are going to stumble. They got four games in November, and right now three of them have losing records. And Stanford may turn it around. The other two will have losing records when they play the Utes. Oregon is the big game in the month of November. But if they take care of business the next two weeks, they're going to have to lose two of the final four to blow the division. And even that might not blow the division. I don't think it will. These next two games are huge. If you lose one of them, then it could be a a wild wild battle for the division title in November. If they win the next two and get to 5-0, they are overwhelming slam dunk favorites at that point. Yeah, because they'll have built-in loss protection to where losses sitting on the tiebreaker won't remove them. And then I think that I think they beat whoever they play in the North. Right now, that looks like Oregon or Oregon State. They're the teams that are two and one, tied for the lead in that division. Maybe yeah. Washington State could get there. A rematch with Washington State this time with the starting quarterback. But without their coaches. Well, possibly, yes. <laughs> Get more on that later today. Maybe uh, hire Clay Helton. Uh, so, yeah, this is really setting up nice for them. And the thing that I'm most encouraged about is the quarterback change has breathed complete and total new life into the program. The mood's way different. Yeah. The 0-0 zero and zero in conference speech combined with Cam Rising... I think it was rising first, but yeah, the zero and zero. It coincided with him starting, and he may not have overwhelming stats, but he yeah, gets but a the job way they done. run the way they run the ball. It's going to be hard to have overwhelming stats. That's where quarterbacks get judged on wins as opposed to passing yardage, because the passing yardage can actually be a sign that well, you're in trouble. You're losing. You're behind. You got to throw the ball. Or if you're winning and you're running the that's ball, that's your philosophy, right? If you're winning and running the ball, and that's your philosophy, I mean, if if Kyle gets a lead in the second half, we know what he's going to do. Rising just has the ability of looking like he's being boxed in to escape and make a big play. I don't even know how he does it, and then he sort of wiggles and meanders downfield and cuts to the sideline and puts a move and does this or that, and the next thing you know, he's, what looked like a sack is a first down. He's strong and he's fast. He's run out of arm tackles, and he's run away from unblocked guys. Is this my greatest call in a career of great calls? No. Oh, I've had better? Absolutely. This isn't even close. Oh. You're selling it much harder now than you did in August. The thing you sold the hardest immediately, which I think, well, you're shaking your head, no, you don't even know what I'm going to say. You can't tell me I'm wrong I'm yet. I'm not shaking my head. No, I don't you know what you're talking too. about. 
Just, You're dismissing it. You want this to be your greatest go. culture. Oh, well, uh, it, Tiger loses the, to Y.E. Yang, and you speak. say it's over. Okay, my greatest That's local call. your best call. My greatest local call. A guy losing one tournament, and you call the end of a dynastic run, and it happened. It's not over yet. He was sighted playing golf. It's over. The dynastic run is over. He could have one more Phil Mickelson. I won seven years after my yeah, prime. The dynastic win. run was going to end. It wasn't going to continue. That was. Eh, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I've been greater than that. <laughs> it was going to end. It was, you but it didn't have to end. Keep then. up that You're level. You're right. Of and if winning, it ended in three or did. five years or whatever, sure. And but and his dynastic his run body was came breaking in chapters. Down. Breaking down. It was. It was. It was obvious. Down. It was just obvious. I mean, I realized for you. Oh, uh, it wasn't just for who's me. Who's not a soothsayer? <laughs> and can tell you what happened. What is a soothsayer? What me. is a soothsayer? It's me. <laughs> T- tells you what happens. Your TV Keep news. Talking. Did the Jazz win tonight? Stay with us. We'll tell you next. Pat Stradamus. I mean, you go back. That's what TV sports does at 10 17. Oh, you did they win tonight? You, have, you I mean, haven't watched a while, it doesn't hit a 1017. Anyway. But that's what it did back then. You're right. I haven't watched Channel 2 since March 14th, 2021. Vengeance. <laughs> Nor will I. Well, uh, under one condition you might. Yeah. Pay me. <laughs> yeah. Pay me. Thousand dollars a show. Uh, oh, you're already getting a dollar a page view. Come on now. So that was obvious, man. It was going to happen. But this was against all odds. Uh, Charlie Brewer, he played perfection. The quest for perfection happened in the spring game. Little did we know. It wasn't BYU who had the quest for perfection. It was Charlie Brewer. That's old school. 13 years old. He was the quest for perfection happened in the spring game. You were so excited about the spring game. It really wasn't. But yet you asked Frank Dolce about the spring game. Right, but after the <laughs> opener. Not after the spring game. Right, because you wanted more evidence. And in your mind, you combined the spring game and Weaver State. Or guilty, it's your honor. Just the spring game in Weaver State. <laughs> you, but quote even the bringing question. it up was quote embarrassing. The question. I did. I quoted the part that not. is the most embarrassing. No. <laughs> you yeah, right. in your mind, the spring game meant something. That is the essence of you. I quoted the part I, that you, makes you, my point. You need point. to go back and listen. You don't listen. You just you think you said what you said. I actually went back and listened, and you're you underselling I, it. You said to make I your point. said it. You sold it as a spring game mattered. In training camp in August, I said, Cam Rising, watch out for this guy. He's got swag. Now, swag for you. I might as well be speaking Mandarin Chinese. Yak can understand. But you don't have swag. You're I'm a beautiful man, but you don't have swag. Mandarin Chinese is supposed to Mandarin Russian? Mandarin I don't know. Italian, Why do they call it? You'd have to figure Turkish? out the folks who figure that out. I don't know. Mandarin. I, but they call it Mandarin Chinese. What do you want from me? Why are they going to gi? Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh-huh. know why they do that. You'd have to ask the people who figure that out. Don't ask me. But that's what they call it. You go, my neighbor, he's speaking Mandarin Chinese. Then he gets called to a mission and we have a party and we eat cake. Ooh, what kind of cake? 
And now DJ's in. <laughs> Chinese in. cake, not German chocolate, Chinese cake. Ah, uh, German chocolate's my favorite. <laughs> you tell me there's German chocolate cake, I will be right it over. It happens every few I months. I will be right Not over. so much in our neighborhood because it's getting older now. The older neighbor, you don't know, yeah, 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 the yeah, numbers yeah. have changed. Right, right, right. Yeah. The demographics, we're getting a little older now in the neighborhood. It's a move, more of a Move like a right, ten, oh, yeah. five, ten miles south, you'll, you'll or change. Or to the southwest, and they're, they're like, you haven't, you got you to schedule. Let's see, I got a mission nope. announcement I'm, at six. I got I'm one booked. at six thirty. Yeah, I got Tuesday. one at seven. I'm booked. <laughs> I got an opening a week from Wednesday. It's happening all the time over there. Yeah, <laughs> where I am, it happened more frequently about nope. ten years ago. But it is give it a little time, and then the grandkids. That'll be the next cycle. So I told you the kid had swag, but how how could you understand swag? I mean, nothing against you, but you're a nerd. So you don't have swag. You're really bored at this point. You don't point. know what swag is. <laughs> I have swag. Ooh, I know what swag you were, is. You were on to something there for a minute when you were talking about me, but now you've I have kind of swag. veered away. So I can identify swag. Mm-hmm. I know swag when I see it. Mm-hmm. You don't know swag, mm-hmm. so how could you know it if you see it? Because you don't know it, so how could you see it? Mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. So I told you. You can't deny I came in here in this very room, on this very microphone, for this very listening audience, in this very city. <laughs> right. So you you don't identify it, so you're bored by where others are titillated by it. Ooh, ick. <laughs> now everybody wishes they were me. Yeah, I'd rather be bored by that. So I can identify swag, and I said the young man has swag. And all he's done through three and a half games is show nothing but swag. He's the first quarterback in Utah history to start his career three and three and a half and zero. He's three and a half and zero. And I called it. But yet, I don't want any credit for it. It's just what I do. <laughs> you know, don't. I'm not looking for plaudits. What? It's what I do. Uh, you know? So I called it. I got it right. So yeah. you don't want plaudits, but are you about to write about yourself and quote yourself? Talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking you about. You do too. You talked about it earlier in the show. Yeah, can I get a ruling from the judge? He knows what I'm talking about. Oh, I think that Winningham and Ludwing. Prevented Utah from going to the college football playoff. So you need to quote yourself. Instead. They blew it. Thank you, Yuck. They blew it. And you, you should go tell Whittingham that. Yeah, you finally got one right. I should have. You should have. I could have told you in August he was your guy. And I don't stand alone. Dylan Colley backs me up. And anytime you have the support of a Colley, <laughs> there are no dogs, them Colleys. You're getting paid for this show. <laughs> yeah, deservedly so, because I'm bringing Bring it right it. now. I'm Bring bringing it. it right now. I'm giving anybody could say, yeah, I, they should have started him after. No, I said it before. You can't deny that I said they should have started rising from day one. You cannot deny. Spring game aside, and Johnny Unitas from the Great Beyond was impressed with that spring game. But spring game aside, they picked the wrong guy. They got it right, thanks to your Aztecs. That was so humiliating they had to change quarterbacks. Brady Hoke played a role in the Utes going to the Rose Bowl this year. 
the great Brady Hoke. Yes, he did. <laughs> Standing by himself on the sideline with no one dare going near him. What are you talking about? He put, put on such a defensive effort in Carson, California, of all places. Yep, there it the is. The home of Cal State Dominguez Hills. That's true. Where my story. wife got, got a, a master's. master's. And Scotty disparaged the school. On a the Utah State freeway. guy discouraging him, no less. Freakish, if you ask what me. Are you, what's this world coming to? <laughs> so you put that all together, and here we are. The guy's three and a half and zero. He's not cutting his hair until they lose, which may not be again in their college career. Really? Although he's draft eligible this year. <laughs> Now you've definitely put the card in front of the horse. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes, you know, that you guys believe in that stone rolling down the mountain thing. You can't stop it. You know, right now I can't stop myself. That's a true story. So in, in a sense, I'm not even responsible for what's coming out of my mouth. Keep telling yourself Because it just keeps going and going. Where am I going to And the only way it stops is if we go to commercial break. Do you want to go now or do you want to wait three minutes? I'm okay either way. Well, theoretically, we're supposed to wait three minutes, but I think a lot of us were ready to go about three minutes ago. Oh, no way. I think, once the I think Collies, you fans want more. Once the Collies weren't dogs, I think it was pretty much break time. <laughs> you fans are just reveling in this. These are great times. You're going to win the division for the third time in four years, and last year didn't count. Sweet! So you basically have won it in three in a row. You've taken over. You're the dominant team in the South. You can't be the dominant team in the North because they're not in the North. But you're the, you've supplanted USC as the dominant team in the South. Them there are facts. Yay! Don't so mess it up against Oregon State and UCLA. It's all riding on the next but two games. See, actually, it's not. Because they could use, lose to UC Los Angeles and still be fine. That's what gives me more confidence in why I can say they could that be. they've never been in a better shot now than then. What, what was it, three years ago? They needed a bad call by a referee. ASU scored a touchdown, but the idiot ref didn't count it. No, they got it. It was right. a two-point conversion. No, I got photo, photographical evidence photographical that his foot evidence. was in. And they needed something else to happen. Now... Because the division is so bad and the conference is so bad, they don't need any of that. They could probably lose twice, depending on who the losses are to, and still get in there. If they lose to both the Oregon schools, they'll win the division. So they could go right. three and two. Now, if one of the losses to UCLA, then, exactly. then right. they could be in a little bit of trouble. Right, right. Exactly. Agreed. But if they just win these next two games and get to 5-0... and oh, Whatever percentage they cook up there with that football percentage index thing when you're watching a game on ESPN, it'll be overwhelming. It'll oh, be 90-something yeah. for the Utes. Awesome. They had a, a 65% chance of winning the South if they beat ASU. They put that up multiple times mm-hmm. during the game. Mm-hmm. But that number goes right through the ceiling if they win the next two games. Correct. All right, DJ PK, it is time to bring in Rod from Lendride Mortgage to tell you about the Freedom Loan and a chance to save you money. Yeah, the Freedom Loan right now is the oddest thing in the state of Utah just because you can get a loan with Lendrite Mortgage that we cover 100% of your closing costs. So you're able to get a rate that's as good as or better than other lenders offer, and we'll cover 100% of your closing costs. And especially with right now, we have an advantage because 
we can get you the new 2022 loan limits right now. So you don't have to wait till January 1. So this year, the loan limit was 548000 for a conventional loan. And right now, LendRight Mortgage can get you a $625,000 conventional loan and do it with the Freedom Loan so we can cover 100% of your closing costs. You can refi or purchase uh, and get that low interest rate with no closing costs. Rates in the ones, just reading that, that is just a staggeringly low number. Yeah, that's the best way to save yourself a ton in interest over the life of your mortgage loan. We can put you on an eight to a 15 year term drop the rate all the way down to 1.75%. And comparing that to one of those longer terms, a 20, 25, or 30-year term, literally save you tens of thousands in interest paid over the life of the loan, being on the shorter term and that low 1.75% interest rate. All right, so if people want to get a hold of you and they want to get uh, specific questions about their specific financial situation, how do they reach out to you? Yeah, give our team a call. Uh, 801-APPROVE is the phone number, and the website is LendRightMortgage.com. 801-APPROVE, 801-APPROVE, or LendRightMortgage.com. LendRightMortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. So I'm trying to get my phone to not call me Hans. All right, try it again. Don't call me Hans. Okay, what should I call you? Hans. You'd like me to call you Hats. Is that right? <laughs> no. Hans. You'd like me to call you Pants. <laughs> the dumbest thing. Like Lance or Dance. What is my name, Google? Your name is Hans. God. Stupid, dumb thing. Could you call me Hans, Ned? You'd like me to call you handsome. Is that right? Well, it's better than Hans, yeah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day, presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time now to talk Aggie football with Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of the Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Coach, good morning. Good morning. So are these guys just trying to age you a decade in one year? <laughs> Do they have to be They're behind by? Job of yeah, do they have to be behind by ten, a minimum of ten points in every game before they get rolling? Apparently, so. And and um, yeah, we just we do not like to be in the lead. We had the first first half lead of the season. I think I, I may be wrong, but I think and it lasted for about I don't know maybe a minute, and then we gave it right back. So um, I don't know. It's it's just it's kind of where we're at. We're figuring out a way, but man, it is stressful as it can be. Yeah, I figured you entered that game at fifty-two and ended it at sixty-two. The way that (laughs) that's the way I feel. Yeah, the way that thing went. So you know, you're watching that game, and and, you know, we're we're not in the moment like you guys are. So you're probably not thinking about it. But honestly, I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is a zero and five team. These guys should be killing them, and it didn't come to that, and it came to a last-minute touchdown, and you won the game. So now that you've had time to digest it, what do you take from it? 
Well, I, I had a lot more respect for those guys than, than I think uh, maybe you do from the outside. Right. Just watching the tape, they're they're built really well. I mean, you got to give them credit. They have, you know, we played them a couple years ago at Arkansas State, and, and it really never was a game. I mean, we did blow them out, beat them by twenty six, I think, and and we just we just were better than them on the field. And you look at them now, and, and physically, they have done a great job of developing, recruiting some size. They got a, a few key transfers in. Their defensive front is really, really good. And you, you saw it against Fresno, and, and you saw it against UTSA. and Even at times, you saw it in some of the earlier games. Uh, they they're struggled in the back end. Obviously, we were able to throw the ball when we could protect. But uh, they, they made it very difficult early, especially, and to move the ball uh, you know, effectively, especially on the ground, which we needed to, to do both. And their offensive line is is big, and they have one of the best running backs we've seen all year, if not if not the best. I mean, he he had a great game. So um, I think they just have improved in a lot of ways, and they're at some point going to start winning games, at least being and they're already competitive now. It's just a matter of taking kind of the next step. So um, I just didn't think they ever looked like an zero and five team, and they sure didn't look like that physically when we played them. So what do you think about the the mental and physical preparation with your guys and the emotion they bring early in the game? Because for all the things you say about UNLV, and there was some of the eyeball tests, so you know I can see what you're saying, but the fact remains the team gave up 17 points on the first defensive defense gave up 17 points on the first three possessions and seven points on the next a nine. I'm going to forgive them the end of half possession. That didn't really count. But uh, you know, one touchdown in the next nine. I mean, once you guys got dialed in, they did a really good job against them. But those first three possessions, they were just giving up ground. Yeah, I think I think kind of combination of of them obviously looking at the record like everybody else. Even though you tell them all week, you know, this team's better than the record. They're kids, and and they see the same thing, and they read the articles and listen to social media and everything else. I mean, everybody just expects. This is a team that hadn't won a game in two years, and it's just going to be going to be a team that we're better than than physically, and we're just not there yet. And so I think that will had something to do with it. I do think there's a little bit of a of um, of a lag coming out of the open week. We looked a little heavy legged early. Took us a while to kind of get going, and once we did, we played we played lights out defensively. I think we gave up seven yards the entire fourth quarter, uh, and, and and played lights out, but. I thought we were sluggish uh, or heavy-legged a little bit early. And, you know, open week, 0-5 team, road trip, I don't know, maybe all the above, but it, it definitely took us a while to snap into to playing the kind of ball. And really where it showed up as much as anything was tackling. We did not tackle well early. We, we missed some tackles. It could have been a five-yard gain instead of a 75-yard touchdown. I mean, the guy got hit right in the hole, and we can't make the tackle. So uh, several of those – that were frustrating, but they responded, and we played much better down the stretch. Hopefully, we'll hopefully we'll start that way Friday night. So those tackling issues is that what you largely contribute to Williams running for 221 yards, taking away nothing from him because obviously he's good. But is it more on your your guys with the tackling? Well, I, no, I, I think the dude's a really good player, and they they did a great job with their front of kind of creating some leverage on us. Um, we did not tackle well, but he, he did a great job of, of running with balance, made a couple guys miss in space, 
you know, we get he got one on one with safety uh, with, with Hunter Reynolds, and, and Hunter will tell you he just he just misplayed it. The the big long run, uh, he had him where it should have been a five six seven yard run, and and Williams was able to set him up and cross him over, and, and the next thing you know, he's in the end zone. So uh, you got to give him credit. He, he ran the ball well. I'm glad he's a senior. I don't want to see that dude again. Physical, he's got breakaway speed, and and I thought he had really good vision. A couple of runs that looked like they were bottled up. Next thing you know, he squirts it out, and it's an explosive. So. Um, it's a little bit of both. We did not tackle well, but give them credit, they ran the ball well. So for whatever issues you have starting slow and whatever goes into that, it really does seem like your guys lock in late in the game and have zero confidence issues to be down double digits six times and still come away with four wins and to go down and score with 35 seconds left when you could have botched the game, you could have lost the thing right there, there were multiple chances and you didn't. What... If you had to identify one or two things, why are you consistently able to pull these games out at the end at Air Force, at UNLV, wherever? Wazoo. I think I think this one, you know, I think this one kind of is kind of a, a culmination of what we've been able to do earlier in the year. There's a confidence that goes with the fact that we've been here before. We know we're in good we're in good enough shape to, to keep playing hard. I thought we got stronger. They got they got a little bit tired. You could see that uh, they were fatigued. Our run game, which was non-existent in the first half, got better, uh, and we actually were able to run the ball. I mean, third and 19 to convert with a run play against a, a really light box, to be able to run the ball in right there on second down uh, when, when, again, the super light box are playing pass all the way. You know, those are things that come from uh, their defense fatiguing, our offense and our offensive players still having gas in our tank, our defense's ability to – hold the seven uh, yards in the fourth quarter again. You know, our guys have a confidence in the fact that we literally can continue to play hard at a level that the opponent cannot late in the game. And, and I think that, that, along with the fact that we have come from behind a couple times earlier in the year against good opponents, uh, I just think there's a confidence level that, that allows us to, to stay calm and, and execute right there when we need to. And I'd like to see that earlier in the game, obviously, but but there is something to be said for a team that is, a, is resilient and believes in what we're doing enough to give us a chance down late. And, um, you know, it proved again to be, you know, kind of the recipe for success in this particular game, as stressful as it might be, but it, it did get to win. So we see you talked about Bonner being healthy, the healthiest he's been with the bye week. I think we saw that, and we can make the statement, see if you agree, a healthy Bonner is going to be very difficult to contain. Yeah, I was I was glad to see him use his feet a little bit. Uh, the big, the first third down, third and nine, him moving to the right, throwing back across, something he really wasn't able to do the last few weeks. He, we did have a couple quarterback run plays, one that moved the change for a first in in the red zone, which was good. And and I think he'll only get better at that. We're not going to make a living with him running the ball, but he his he needs to be a number they have to account for at least to, to be efficient. It'll help us in short yardage, which we've not been good at. Uh, we've been very reluctant to even put him in, in the number uh, in short yardage, but that's something we're going to be able to do moving forward, and it should help us. The, the plus-one run stuff in short yardage and in the score zone both uh, will benefit our offense because we've, we've struggled in both those areas, and it, and it was a problem again uh, Saturday. So uh, I think he's going to get better and better, and hopefully we can keep him healthy. 
Utah State football coach Blake Anderson joining us. The Aggies coming off the win at UNLV. They have got CSU at home. And, Coach, this is for first place, but CSU, after a, a bad start to the season, the first two weeks they had to be shaking their heads, but they've won three out of four. The three wins are all convincing, 16 points or more over Toledo, San Jose State, New Mexico. In that span, their only loss is a 10-pointer at nationally ranked Iowa so what can you tell us about the Rams? Where where what is this game gonna hinge on? Well, it's gonna it's gonna hinge up front. They are they're massive. They're gonna put, you know, two, three, four, five, I don't know how many however many tight ends they got, they're gonna put them on the field. And uh it's gonna look completely different than really uh anything. You know, it's it's Boston College, Stanford, um, big man downhill football. That's just what uh that's what Adazio's gonna do. And uh, they have gotten uh, they've gotten good at it. They have a big physical running back, NFL caliber tight end. Uh, they're they're doing everything to shorten the game and and make a bunch of dudes play in a very condensed area and and just come downhill at you. So it's uh, it's going to be a huge huge challenge. You know nothing they don't they don't really worry about spreading it out. They want to pack it in and get downhill and then play action shot. It's not triple option. But it's got a little bit of the feel that you see when you play Air Force. The clock's going to run. They're going to run the ball. They're committed to it. And, and you're going to have to maximize every possession. It's not the triple that you see, but it's the downhill boots, shot plays off of it, multiple tight ends, multiple gaps. going to be very unique for our guys to prepare for with a Friday game. They're good on, on the defensive front, very similar to UNLV. I think if we have matchups, it's in the back end, but up front, we're gonna to have to. We're gonna to have to play better and run the ball better than we did in the first half of this last one, or it's gonna be. It's gonna be a frustrating day for us. Defensively, though, is where they stand out, especially in conference. I mean, they're they're just not allowing very many points. No, they're not. They're not. They're built well. And they play good physical, and they see physical ball every day. So they make it very difficult for you. Their edge rushers are both dynamic. Uh, you know, there's really not a weakness. You see again. I'm, I think if we have a an advantage, it would be speed and quickness and space. But that's that's really our only advantage on a weekly basis. We're not bigger or more physical or stronger than anybody right now. The way we're built, something we're going to have to develop. Uh, we're making it work with what we have. But this will be a this will be a challenge. They're not giving up many points. They're not playing many plays either. I mean, they are reducing the game and shortening it. So you know they're fresh and they don't have to play a ton of plays. And they they you know found a formula that works for them. Can anyone handle Devin Tompkins, or is he just going to just keep putting up just one massive stat line after another? Because everybody's got to know what's coming, and nobody seems to be stopping him. Well, I hope the answer to that is no. I hope nobody can. Uh, I think we're doing a really good job of moving around to a lot of different spots, which makes it hard to know exactly how to defend him. I, I also think the other guys are taking just enough pressure off of him that, yeah, you can double him if you want to, but there are other guys that can create big plays as well. Um, but uh, you got to give Coach Tuck and Cephalo a lot of credit for being creative and, and, and how many different looks and different spots you have to defend him. So it's uh, only going to get better as the other guys around him get better. we got Scarborough more involved. Derek Wright's playing big. McCriff had a huge catch, which we absolutely had to have. I think our tight ends uh, can get more involved as well. All that's going to help, but I hope the answer to your question is no. I hope, I hope nobody can match up with him. He's, he's had a great first half and, and only getting better. 
Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach. The Aggies at home against Colorado State Friday night. Big game. First place in the Mountain Division on the line. Coach, thanks for a few minutes. We'll talk to you again next week. Appreciate it, guys. Already beaten Air Force. If they beat CSU, everybody will have a loss, and Utah State will be sitting on the tiebreakers. It's pretty similar to the uh, Ute story, except the Utes don't have a loss. Well, I think this is Utah State's best chance to go to the Rose Bowl. He says, conflating two takes. Oh, I, I, Utah, Utah State. And for out state guy like me, you get those guys confused, don't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to look up, uh, yeah. Uh, Hawaii should win. San Jose, not as sure. Wyoming, uh, lean heavily, maybe not heavily, but strongly, strongly lean towards Utah State. And then New Mexico uh, overwhelmingly lead towards Utah State. So there's a pathway to the division for sure, yeah. I mean, I think Nevada is the best team, and it's going to be hard to overcome them in the, if you should get there, but... And you worry about that later down the road. Absolutely. First, it's the division. If CSU beats you, they'll be up two games in the loss column and have the tiebreaker. So if you win, though, you're on a loss, they're on a loss, Air Force is on a loss, and you beat those guys. So I think it's a different situation for Utah. I think they can think of winning the division because they've been there, done that. And I realize Utah State several years ago got there, but... It's a new cast of characters. Everything's changed dramatically since then. Yep. And for Utah, it's about winning the conference. It isn't just about winning the division. The division is something you need to get, obviously. But for them, I think they can think bigger. And there's no beast on the other side. I think Nevada's very, very good. San Jose State's very, very good. So uh, we'll see how that uh, plays out when, when you get there. But for them, the division, the division will define a successful season. Utah may not be defined by winning the division as a, as a extreme extremely successful season plus they're in their 16th year 17th whatever it is with Kyle whereas Anderson is his first year and last year was gross so different level of standards there DJ and PK it's 975 at 1280 the zone your feedback is coming up next and it's all over almost here don't go nowhere Utah's all alone in first place. Utah State breaks a two-game losing streak. BYU's lost two in a row. What do you make of all of that? Daryl says, it's great to be a Ute fan. Sure is. Glad I'm one. Three-game win streaks. Feeling good. Three and a half games. Dylan says it's time to revamp the BYU defense. The offense is special and has the pieces to be great. Defense really struggles with the run, and teams are feasting on it all game. Okay, what does he suggest rather than revamp? Give me specifics. He has no specifics. No, well, I need them. I'm not a football mind. Never put my hand in the dirt. David says, help me understand this phenomenon. When Utah has USC and ASU coming up, I hear that Utah is likely going to lose. When Utah wins, somehow those teams become bad teams. Call your shot on Oregon State that you're willing to stick to next Monday. Oregon State can beat the Utes, but yeah. they're not a great team if that's what you're looking for. Good, not great. That's the story of the Pac-12 this year. And There's multiple good teams. The conference as a whole is bad. I don't think ASU individually is a bad team. You no. got down on them earlier in the show. It's embarrassing, the 13 penalties. <laughs> but uh, they're still 5-2. They came five and the two. state of Utah, and they committed 
Uh, what? Uh, 25 16, penalties? No, 16 against BYU. Oh, okay, so 29 penalties. Uh, come on. That's too many penalties for two games. They're okay. They're usually always okay. Is they might we, be better than okay, but that's not good okay, enough to beat the Utes. Better than okay. Better than okay in a mediocre league. Yep. Great. Where does that get you? The league is mediocre. There's no way around that. And he thinks we hate the Utes. Which, Absolutely. Which we do. I mean, I don't make any a lot. about it. I hate them. I mean, Especially Kyle. Start at the top. Oh, I start and end at the top. <laughs> Only Kyle? Oh, yeah. Freddie? Love him to death. That's not what he tells me. He tells me there's a lot of conflict. Freddie? Yeah. Oh. Well, screw him then. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Utah should be a slight favorite against Oregon State. They are a slight favorite against Oregon State. But that tells you the one or two plays can swing the game. Nolan can sling it, man. They've got a good passing game. So I don't think it's going to be an easy game by any stretch. I mean, they very well could lose. I expect them to win because I think they're getting better, too. I think we haven't seen the best of what this U team has to offer. The O-line has clearly improved. There were blown assignments, wrecking plays, wrecking drives, and that's not happening anymore. So I I expect them to continue, which is a good sign for them. DJ PK and Rod joining us right now from Lend Right Mortgage. And Rod, you got deals. You got deals to help people who are buying or refinancing. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best news that we can give the clients right now is We've got the 2022 loan limits available right now. How we can close purchase and refinance loans at those higher loan limits. Uh, That's up to $625,000 for a conventional loan. So that's a $75,000, over $75,000 increase from this year's limit of $548,000. And we can do it all with the Freedom Loan so that you don't have to pay any closing costs, whether you're doing a purchase or refinance. If you're wanting to consolidate debt, get some cash out, we can do that now with a loan of up to $625,000 in all counties in Utah. Rates in the ones. It doesn't get much better than that. And from what you've been telling us, they may not stay in the ones much longer. Yeah, kind of time is of the essence. If you're wanting to switch to a shorter term, an 8 to a 15-year term, we can do that and still get you a rate in the ones as low as 1.75%. So that'll save you tens of thousands in interest paid over the life of your loan by being on that shorter term and having that much lower interest rate because the Federal Reserve has told us they're going to start tapering the fiscal stimulus that they put in place in the pandemic. And that's definitely going to push rates up here very soon. So definitely if you're looking to buy, refinance, get cash out or consolidate any debt, do it now. Tell the folks how they can get a hold of you and uh, find out more details for their own personal situation. Yeah, to uh, talk to us about getting that freedom loan where we cover 100% of your closing costs or getting a rate as low as 1.75%, you just need to call us at 801 Approve or visit us online at lendrightmortgage.com. Call right now, 801 Approve. 801 Approve or visit lendrightmortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. DJ and PK, we're all done. Hans and Scotty are talking more football next.